Daniel. <sighs> what? Daniel, my feet. You have big feet. I keep... This is the dolly that we have. That's this is gonna have to work, dude. And I'm not calling you, sir. Daniel, you just all you gotta do, Bones, is just put your feet onto the dolly. You're intentionally leaving them off. No, he's on pills, dude. Yeah, we well, took all that sleep shit. That I don't know, Ambien. I don't know what he's on. Spread my toes, Daniel. I'm not touching your feet, dude. How does that even help put him on the dolly? I don't know, dude. Are you okay? He wants me to make him some sleepy time tea. I don't think I'm doing that. I don't think we even fucking have that. Wakey time tea, Daniel. Okay, thank God. I was going to say you're sleepy enough as is. (laughs) I just gave him some coffee. I don't think he noticed. Did you guys at least top off the humidifier it's steamy in here isn't it well i've been pissing in it all week at this point i mean i don't even use the toilets anymore i mean it is helping with our uh bathroom beer inventory we Mm -hmm. got a lot manual vapor rub (sighs) on what gross (laughs) how did i get this shift vapor rub daniel do you have another belt, by the way? I got to I think I'm going to strap his his legs in. I can't come again, Daniel. No. I don't know where that's coming from, but Bones, just a quick cue. How does this even help the sleep thing? Now we're yeah. one man down from running this up. Op- like I don't you just opened up a bottle of Ambien and said, "Well, look at me go. It's sleepy time." I had to do an all-night stream for chair charity. Mm-hmm. Stop Thank giving goodness. money to charity. What's wrong with you? We are not paying them a fucking dime, dude. Exactly. 18-hour live stream. Me asleep. What the? Daniel. This is... I think he needs to stop all of this. He says he's making a shit ton of money. We haven't seen nothing. He, mm-hmm. didn't, he hasn't even fucking paid for pizza this week. You don't mm-hmm. have any faith in crypto, Daniel. <laughs> You're goddamn right I don't. What coin? It's uh, it's like a Warhammer special edition. God damn it, dude! <laughs> Did you buy that? No, it's just that's useless, <laughs> useless coin. Doesn't the Superman, co- Superman plays Warhammer? Daniel, you can only spend it in the Warhammer store. <laughs> dude, the only currency what? I'm into is Smash Pennies. You know Daniel, that. Daniel, what is Warhammer? Um, I think it's like a tabletop game, Dan. It's that, nonsense. Is that the pretend one? Can I be an elf? All we can buy with this shit is little figurines that aren't even painted. I know what you could do, Dan, and it's vapor up my feet. <laughs> I, I don't understand what any of being tired has to do with your feet. Did he fall asleep? No. Oh, God damn it. God damn it. Fuck circulation down there, Dan. I got Well, you told me to strap you to a fucking dolly. I thought standing up would wake me up. You can walk. Can you put push the dolly yeah. away from the piss humidifier, please? I'm about no. to push it out into the fucking street. Is Dan, what I'm going to do. Dan, go grab some bathroom beers. I'm yes. going to wheel. I'm going to wheel this shit back over right in front of the humidifier. 
and then we're going to put on a movie. Hey, people are paying supposedly to watch sleep, so he's going to fall asleep. Yeah, we'll just put the camera on him. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's pretty fucking smart, actually. <laughs> he's coming around, I think. Yeah. And okay. you know what? If he doesn't like doing this, he can just step off of the dolly. He's not tied told, to it. I told you he can walk. He walked to get on the dolly. Yeah. He you, let, he, you gotta he, try this, guys. It feels pretty fun. It's like, there's like a danger if I lay back, you know? Okay. It'll be like a kick, like an inception kick. Can he, you know? can he just start breathing deeply? How many dreams deep can I go? Mm-hmm. Yeah, find out, dude. How yeah. Many? Hit that fucking inception level. Let's do that. Yeah, sleep. Let's do sleepy time. Tea All right, dude. All right, you can just do that shit, Dan. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pop in this VHS tape because right, this week this on Five Day Rentals, it's Hannibal. Welcome back, everybody, to the Five Day Rentals Podcast. This is the video store podcast where each week we take turns picking a flick that we think meets a fun, non-genre specific category. This round's category is, courtesy of Laundry Dan, Cat and Mouse. Movies where, uh, I don't know, people are getting away from each other, dynamics changing. You get it. You fucking get it. Previously in this category, we watched Mute Witness, and this week's selection, courtesy of me, Cron Howard, is Hannibal, from the year 2001, directed by Ridley Scott. But I'm not doing this thing alone. Joined as always by, uh, shit, what's something? Two guys that would... Definitely fuck up the joint FBI, ATF, DEA, DC police sting. It's Laundry Dan and Bones. What the fuck? I'm sheriff, dude. You guys, you know you wouldn't be cut out for that. You don't think I, I could raid, dude? I don't think you, I think you'd do what the DC guy did. You don't think I can show no. up five minutes after something major happened? Yeah, do that all the time. I'm actually offended by that. You think that I wouldn't follow orders? Now, Dan. Dan would fucking go rogue. I don't want to follow orders. Yeah. Old, old Bones over here. Yeah. I would assess that situation, and I'd call. No way. That's fucking mean, dude. Bones is the guy I'm going to have to kill in 10 years because he's going after me because I went rogue. I think but, Dan would Dan would go so rogue that he would shoot Bones, the other cop, on the sting. Probably. Yeah, but it, it wouldn't kill me. I'm hard to kill. No. I just I, hit him. I'm internal affairs material, goddammit. I am a fucking tattletale in terms yeah. of somebody's got to police the police, and that's Bones here. It'd be a 10-year sting where 
I shoot him at the beginning. We go through all this stuff. But in the end, he's like, the money's safe in a Swiss bank account. And we're fucking millionaires at the end of it. So you were you were dirty the whole time? Yeah. I like it. Let's do it. Fuck. Wait, I was dirty the whole time? Yeah. No. Come I can't on. live with that guilt. Dude, no. in the end, you always got to say fuck you to the man, dude. Come on. Uh, nope. I might say fuck you to the man, but I'm not fucking the man inside. You're going to die with three kids and like a fucking ranch style house. Like, D- Does this play into any of the id, ego, super ego talk that was going on in our discord? Does this build that up anymore? Me and my morality and you and your fuck off. So, <laughs> I mean, we could throw it in the script. <laughs> I mean, you can't, you can't say that you're fucking the man. If your internal affairs, like you are the man. No, you're the machine the, Dan and I rage against. It's all about friendship in the end. You got to be like, you guys are right. I want to be with you. I, I'm not so far away from what you're saying, Kron. I think I follow what you're going for, but I think internal affairs people, it is it's it's more about like watching out for the people that are disrespecting the code, right? That are using their their power as a policeman or a law officer to You're a fucking Serpico, gain. dude. Yeah, fuck yeah. No, everybody fucking hated Serpico, dude. Everybody fucking hates me. That's why I'm like perfect for it. Like I'm I'm already there. I'm halfway there. I don't want to hate you. All the work's done for me. As soon as I come in, people are like, ah, oh, fuck. So I can just get to it. I would instantly start scheming and conniving. Yeah, I know. I'm taking all the money. Oh, I would All be, of it. I would be loaded, dude. I'm selling the drugs I'm taking. No, this is a, a Vic Mackey and Shane situation I'm looking at right here. This is Is that the shield? That's the shield. And I'm okay. I'm sitting over here as a fucking Dutch. <laughs> what about uh, you're, you're a Cordell, right? You're definitely a Cordell. Like scheme and when the moment's right. Oh, somebody gave me an out? Fuck yeah. I mean I would have to know more about Cordell's situation, I think, than <laughs> I don't think I would do manservantry for fucking great. Uh, he's his personal physician. Oh uh, you're yeah. fucking doctor, dude. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, he Just did not run away, he can't catch you. Do no harm. He's got more like, be more like don't go on a farm with Cordell, right? <laughs> and why the fuck does a guy need a house that fucking big? I mean, he came from, we'll get into that when we get into Verter, but it's, uh, oh, it's we're going to get into Verter. It's just opulence. Yeah. He's just a little rich shit that it's, has had that his whole life. Isn't it incredible how fast Hannibal fucking reads Cordell just in like the 20 seconds he's standing in front of him? It's one of my favorite aspects of We'll talk about this. You could call that a good read or bad writing. I don't know (laughs) which one. Well, when it's Hannibal, you're like, you can fill in the blanks on some writing. We'll get into the problems with Hannibal in this. 
Yeah. Where the fact a- that he's fucking Tom Cruise in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I would go a fucking. I would go a step. He's like a super villain. He's like a fucking Marvel character almost. I mean, the villainy stuff. I sort of. I I love. It's the. It's the cat and mouse sort of uh, Maltese Falcon. Like chase things that seem just fucking awkward. It just seems so weird to see Hannibal Lecter on the street doing like evading a pit pocket and shit like that. Just I don't know, but they turn it around. I thought you meant when he's running around in just like a hoodie and jeans. That's the weirdest Hannibal look. Yeah. Oh, when he's got like the fucking uh, mechanic on Saturday look Mm -hmm. when he's. The open denim shirt and shit. Yep. Yeah. What a weird Guys. fucking movie. I'm so excited. Thank you. I bro. mean, this this is Hannibal. Uh, I think you guys have both seen this before. That's correct, right? Multiple times. Yeah. Yes. Uh, is this where... This is where I have stopped with the series. I have never seen Red Dragon nor Hannibal Rising. Uh, have you guys... Have you completed the... The five film canon. Yes. Damn. Bones? Yeah. I I heard the last two are just like pure trash, though. All right. I'm going to say this. I. Uh Uh-oh. I watched Red Dragon, I think, last year. I. I don't think it's that terrible. It's not. I kind of. I kind of believe. I'll defend Edward Norton and say that it's a more true uh, Will Graham than what is in Manhunter, I think. And don't get me wrong. I love Manhunter, but I just it's a more believable detective, maybe, I guess, because Manhunter is I love uh, the overacting in that movie. You touched her with your hands, didn't you? You son of a bitch. Like, just shit like that. Which is great. But I don't know. I kind of like Edward Norton's style, the way he played it in in Red Dragon. I think he's less damaged. He's he's a little bit more focused, and I think that works with the fact that we saw him. Do you you care if Red Dragon's ruined for you, Cron? No, I can't even imagine like okay. any any time having the desire to watch it. So, okay. so in Manhunter, um, like Lecter is already in jail, right? Like he's already there, and we just get the two or three scenes with him or whatever. Um, yeah, it's pretty. Red- I, I kind of went back and tried to watch Manhunter. I almost made it through, but yeah, it's it is crazy, like how little Hannibal you get in that movie. Yeah. Um. But Red Dragon opens with him being caught. It opens with it actually. It opens with the scene that's referenced in this, um, when Sterling's telling uh, Ray Liotta about him killing rude people for the benefit. Blah blah blah. Like he killed a guy in an orchestra because mm-hmm. he was making the whole fucking thing sound worse. Like that's how Red Dragon opens. He's at the symphony. He hears like the guy fucking up. Invites him to dinner, kills him, serves him. Then that night, Norton shows up and he's like, hey, I've been working with you. I got a question. And then in that moment, he pieces stuff together. 
that sort of rides through the movie a little bit more. He's a little bit more analytical where Peterson's playing it like I am so fucked up and I am on the edge and I'm probably way more fucked up than I'm letting on. And like, um, this is it. Like I got to get, yeah. once this is done, I'm done. It, but red dragon isn't terrible because of the story is already so good. It's just sort of a paint by number. It's like, it's, there's no style where Manhunter is like, we're fucking cranking the style. You just got to catch up. Um, Acting in Red Dragon is is still amazing, and it it just didn't need to be made. Do you know all the like Dino De Laurentiis backstory with this series? Yes, I do. Yeah, I, I was reading up on it a little bit, and it was pretty funny. It's like they made Manhunter, which wasn't it like wasn't a hit out of the gates, and then uh, he had the rights, I guess, to like the character of Hannibal. Yes, him and his wife. And then uh, they came along, like somebody came along and was like, we want to make Silence of the Lambs. And he was like, good fucking luck. (laughs) Yeah. That shit is going to bomb so hard. And he gave them like the character rights for free. And then as soon as like that was a huge success, he was just kind of like, if this dude writes any more books, I'm like buying them sight unseen. Ten million. Mm Mm-hmm. Is what he paid Harris for the rights to Hannibal. And I think he's still listed as a, I don't know how involved he was, but he still has producer credits on Red Dragon and Hannibal Rising. Yeah, he I'm sure he gets him. Yeah. I'm sure he gets a check for. Is he, He's dead now, right? Everything. Yeah. Related to Hannibal Lecter, yeah. Uh, Arnold tells a funny anecdote about Dino in his documentary. I haven't watched it yet. Oh, okay. It's pretty good. I'll get around to it. Not, not much. I didn't already know. You are our Arnold expert here. No debating that. I wouldn't say expert. I guess comparatively, yeah. But yeah, of the three uh, of us. Um, have you guys watched any of the television series, Hannibal? I have not, but I'd be willing to watch that before the next two movies, I guess. Oh, 100%. I would put that show above this movie for sure. I think we got four or five episodes in. And then I think a kid walked in at one point and had to pause it and just haven't went back yet. Yeah. It's, it's good, cr- though, from what we saw. It's crazy to think that that thing was on network TV. It's, uh, it is yeah, that's why we had to pause it. Fucking insane. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's pretty good. Well, guys, I think, I think it's time to play, uh, I don't know what happens in this movie. Well, uh, we're not playing, we're just locking in, right? Yeah. Thanks for reminding me, Kron. Florence, Italy's favorite game. (laughs) Read my letterbox. Insult the uh, non-Italian, I think, is their (laughs) favorite game. All right, let me get a grid here. So, listener, we are guessing Bones and I are going head-to-head tonight and guessing Kron Howard's Rate My Letterboxd. 
Does anyone have a letterboxed average? Letterboxd user rating at the time that Hannibal has appeared on Five Day Rentals is sitting at a 3.2. 3.2. Dan, would you like to go first? Yeah. I think I am going to go for Cron Howard. I think I'm going to 4.0 here. Dan, I'm gonna I'm gonna take that ride with you, buddy. I think I'm gonna go 4.0 as well. Now, listeners, that was for Cron Howard. Only, only they'll figure it out. They got it, uh, guys. Unless we've got any more pressing Hannibal thoughts up top, so we get into this plot. It's a meaty one. It's a long oh, yeah. one. All right, guys, this is Hannibal from 2001, directed by Ridley Scott. You guys big Scott heads? Yeah. I I like what the man's done. Yeah. I'm looking forward to what the man has recently done. Napoleon. House of Gucci? No. I didn't see it. We got a Michael Mann Ferrari coming out, too. God, fuck yeah. Hell yeah. I'd be more excited I like, for that. <laughs> I like Ridley Scott. I don't think he's perfect, but I think his what he's delivered is like undeniable. Alien, Blade Runner. Gladiator is one of my all-time favorite movies. Still has a lot of, of problems, but... I kind of like these old school... Like I feel like it is a dying breed of... I like maybe Ridley Scott, Scorsese. Who's the guy that made like uh, First Reformed and shit? Shrayball. Cat people? Yeah. Schrader? Schrader. Yeah. Like, those guys just work. And it's like, if their movie comes out and people are like, it's a really bad movie. They're just like, well, I'm already six months into the next one. So, yeah. leave me alone. Man, it's a cool I, mentality of just yeah. like, they just work all the time, I feel like. I, I took advantage of our uh, 5DR summer break and finally watched First Reformed. And it's like still sticking with me, man. It's a five-star banger. That's a fucking good movie. Mm-hmm. It's a good movie. Yeah. Looking forward to The Gardener to finish out the trilogy. See, I heard that counter. one's kind of a... I didn't hear great things about The Gardener. I've heard I've heard some decent shit, so I want to watch it. What Was that Bones about the card counter? Is it worth watching? I'd say yeah. I'd say yeah, you're, you'll be entertained. I think. Okay. It's not first reformed, but it's like it's, okay. It's still pretty good. I know, like halfway through, I was like, "This kind of sucks," but then <laughs> when it got to the end result, I was like, "All right, that wasn't that wasn't as bad as I thought." I don't okay. know if that's <laughs> praising or, but yeah, I would definitely check it out. It's a good performance by Oscar Isaac, I think. Okay. I think Tiffany Haddish is the like the weirdest thing in that movie. It's just a weird she does a good job, but it's just a weird vibe that she kind of brings. It's which like that movie, the Entertainer in First Reformed. <laughs> eh, it just feels like 
to me, for or, uh, Card Counter, it's like two characters that shouldn't be in the same movie almost. Yes. Like, they should have two separate interesting movies that I would find believable. And maybe like one scene where they cross paths that like connect them. But the whole time, I feel like the movie is just fighting to be like, oh, we got to get these two people back in the same room together. <laughs> you know, like that kind of thing. I agree. I agree with you there, Karan. All right. We hope you enjoyed that mini episode on mm-hmm. First Reformed and Card Counter. Speaking of being in a room together, that's how this movie opens. There's two people <laughs> talking to another person in a room. Yeah, that's right. Wait, the, way, uh, the way probably a lot of movies start, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Brilliant segue. Two people talking in a room together. I'm trying. I'm trying to speed it along. I slowed it I'm down. Trying to, I'm trying to make up. Two hour and 45 minute movie. All right, we open on a scene of Barney. He's the orderly. Um, I think uh, Faison isn't that this guy's name? He's like a pretty. He's been in a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. Like, he's been in all of them. He's been in all of these, but even outside of this, he's in like a shitload of movies. I think uh, just like a solid character actor kind of guy. Yep. Uh, he's discussing his interactions with Hannibal Lecter. Um, with a mutilated man in a wheelchair. This guy's named Mason Verger. Mason really wants to know what Lecter saw in Starling in the first place. Barney's just kind of like, he thought that she was interesting. Like, Hannibal didn't like shitty, dumb people, and Starling wasn't that. It's kind of all it really is. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Barney stands up with a box in his hands. He shows it to Mason. Mason's instantly, like, fucking salivating at what he sees. <laughs> he asks him, uh, you know, how much do you want for it? Barney says $250,000. Verger's like, Cordell, write Barney a check for $250,000. I think he could have got more because uh, the camera pans down and we see he's holding in the box Hannibal's, like, classic half mask thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the prize jewel of Hannibal memorabilia. I think so. I think he's trying not to fuck up the future stuff that he can potentially sell to him, you know? Yeah. But to me, it's like, this is the last thing you sell to the guy. <laughs> like you got to unload the fucking socks and pencils that he left behind. Oh, you either do all that shit first or you sell this for $10 million and then fuck off? Yeah. And who gives a shit? Yeah. Like, you string them along with a bunch of little things and then you, you're you like, oh, I got one more thing left. I think the artwork would go higher than the mask. That's what I was going to say. His fucking artwork would be dope as shit. Mind the drawings, please. Uh, So we see the mask and then we get the opening credits for this movie, which is kind of like a weird uh, surveillance footage. It's more Tony Scott than Ridley Scott in a way. Yeah, I think so. Those are their brothers. Listeners, in case you didn't know. What? Yeah. Whoa, dude. Wish I had a brother. (laughs) Me too. That's the only reason I don't play make movies because I have a brother I'm your brother in Christ I'll I stop like, I was I'll raised stop. Lutheran 
You guys are both wearing like big crosses tonight. <laughs> yeah, we're just talking about first reform, dude. Come yeah, on. man. All right. Like I said, it's been sticking with me. Where's your fucking bones has barbed wire under that that hoodie? Shit. It's the only way I know how to pray. We cut over. We see Clarice Starling, uh, who's now being played by Julianne Moore. So, uh, what's her name? Didn't want to come back for this film. Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster. Conflicting uh, reports, from what I understand. It's a... some. Sometimes you read like she said, no, nah, I was too fucking scared. But then she wanted to come back because Anthony pushed her. I'm sorry. He goes by Tony. Um, but also, I guess the book and the content she thought was maybe a little too. I think that was Demi's reason, too. Like it was a little too forcefully explicit. Didn't really have like a a theme to it. So I don't know what you found, Dan. Another one was that her directorial debut, she got uh, one of the actresses that she really wanted, and it was filming at the same time. So that's why she chose not to do it. Okay. But material-wise, yeah, I could, I could, I could see that she's particular. It's, it's got to be tough too, just to be. I mean. Because I don't know if people can like appreciate, uh, you know, like a horror movie being as big as Silence of the Lambs was like it fucking swept the Oscars and shit. I don't think like any critic or audience had like negative things to say about it. So I think it's kind of like once you've already hit that level, like, do you really dip your toe back in the water and try it again? You know? Yeah. This is 10 years after Silence of the Lambs. And I I think it seems clearly like fan service from Thomas Harris, the, the author here. Because once that blew up, I mean, we get a Hannibal book. So maybe he was trying to knock it the fuck out so he could make $10 million. Yeah. That's a. I feel like the more than fan service it's like i want a fucking payday uh, yeah. like everyone involved in the movie wants a payday like it's just a cash cow at that point so i think i read that hannibal sold out like its first printing sold out that's fucking harry potter shit man what the hell <laughs> hannibal's the first harry potter I mean, you're never going to be able to eclipse what Lambs is, right? Never. Not in this franchise. No, that's a hard. Yeah. I remember Lambs watching that when it came out as a child. Probably shouldn't have watched it. Um, But in my head, I was like, that was like a good ass like movie. That was a really good movie. That was like one of the first times I was like, oh shit, like this is a completely good movie. And every time I watch it, it just gets better. Yeah. And guess what? You could cut 15 or 20 more minutes out of Hannibal Lecter and give me more Buffalo Bill. I said it. I said it here. 
like you want it, you want him to turn around, like you want that more of him. Like <laughs> I you want to see physically that. more of him. I yeah, want to see that. the fruit basket and all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just to put all those extra minutes into the <laughs> fucking dance scene. But that's what's great about lambs is it almost was too great because you had two amazing fucking like villains in one movie. Like you had Hannibal, but then you also had this fucking weirdo Buffalo Bill. And there's so much shit in lambs that you just see like around Buffalo Bill's house. You're like, how the fuck did he get into Moss? Why does he have a Nazi bed cover? Like, I have so many questions. Like, where's the Buffalo Bill origin movie? But well, we're think, talking about Hannibal. Not but that's probably Lance. why it played as good as it does, because they knew what to hold back. Mm-hmm. Well, I think Lambs is so, like, nuanced and restricted in a way where it's like it is like a slow build to the conclusion and the conclusion is rewarding. Whereas Hannibal is an approach of like, we got a hammer this time and we're just going to fucking, you know, swing it as hard as we can. Yeah. Did you guys read the differences of Hannibal from the movie and the book? I don't know if you came across that. Yeah, a little bit. Like, <laughs> like Cor- Cordell is not like the main, uh, is he even in it? Like maybe mm-hmm. briefly, but it's like. A, it's his sister. It's his sister. For, yeah. So, Berger's like lesbian sister is in the Bodybuilding lesbian sister. Yeah. But Crunt, get to plot. We'll get to <laughs> get to this later. Uh, Clarice Starling, who's now played by Julianne Moore, she's running down a briefing of a potential like it's like every fucking division: FBI, ATF, DEA, and the DC police are all in this like joint sting together. The Starling, uh, when they show her and she's like racked out, and the other guy does the how can she sleep at a time like this? Like that. I'm immediately scratching that out of any script. If somebody's like, "Hey, read this over," page eight, like we don't need that shit anymore. Just show her asleep, right? Mm-hmm. Like the we don't need to set up that, like the the jump from lambs to this, in just in terms of her character, I get she's going to be way more seasoned, right? The jump to her being like super badass. And then just immediately falling off after this thing goes wrong, I think is sort of a disservice to her. But I just think that's so I rolled my eyes at that both times I watched it this week. Like, shut the fuck up. God damn it. I think it's a weird choice too for like I think I read some stuff where people were like kind of shitting on Julian Moore pretty hard. Uh I don't think it's terrible, but I think she she like chose to do not a regional accent, but try to emulate Jodie Foster's voice. So yeah, it's it's not like she's Southern. She's Jodie Foster. You know what I mean? I'm not going to knock her. I think it's the material. I think Julianne Moore is undisputed as an incredible actor. So I just I w- I'll agree. I don't. I think Moore is the perfect choice for the situation that they were in. And I think, uh, I just think it's more in her character that she would be just like, she would have notes out 
she would have a map out. She would be. She wouldn't be that vulnerable here. That's yeah. She kind of what I thought too. She would be super prepared, and she would come in and and she wouldn't be like sleeping and then come in and try to take over. I feel like Clarice would just have all this shit together, and she would come to the hood of the car and drop her fucking intel on top of theirs. You know. Mm. Um. Well, even through the whole film, I think like this yeah. doesn't seem like she would let that the, any of this happen. You know what I mean? Well, it is beyond her control what happens. Yeah. Speaking of what happens, sorry, Colonel. All right. Uh, Starling says the lady we're going to arrest, her name is Drumgo. Uh, she's HIV positive. She will spit on you. If you're the one who puts her in the car, don't touch her head. If you're the arresting officer, she will have needles in her hair. God damn. <laughs> uh, we cut I'd be over. wearing a fucking hazmat suit, dude. I'd be standing yeah. out and shit. I'd be joining her gang. Mm-hmm. Well, she is wearing almost like a. I feel like her outfit is like a zebra print with like a fucking cape on the back of it. Like, <laughs> she looks like a fucking supervillain. I mean. So wild. We cut over to the bust. Uh, all the agents are in plain clothes and they're dispersed kind of around this fish market. Drumgo walks out of a building with three armed guards. Uh, she also has like a baby strapped to the front of her. Clarice says, too many people around, bad situation. Uh, we're calling it off. Like everybody radios in like, yep, it's fucked up. We're not going to do it. Uh, but the... Stupid dipshit DC police guy. He's just ignoring all this. Uh, he pulls his gun. Drum goes guards spot him. Starling yells FBI and it's on. Like everybody is just shooting. Uh, it's chaos. They These guys get into a car. You know, they fucking run somebody over. It's pretty good. Yeah, I think one of her, one of her goons like gets smashed between two cars. Mm-hmm. And then he's like still alive and like grabs his gat and like starts to shoot again. And then they fucking shoot him to put it down. I thought that was kind of cool. The This feels like second unit. This doesn't have like any sort of Ridley Scott polish to it. This whole sequence feels rushed yeah. and disconnected. It is. It feels like some like the way you would see an episode of NCIS played out. Or 100%. <laughs> yes. Yes. This. And that, that happens multiple times in this movie mm-hmm. where there's things that are just like, did. And when I was reading, Ridley was like really into this. So was it a time constraint? Was it like, oh, I'm just loosey goosey on this one, but. It's not going to live up to its uh, predecessor. So it's, yeah, this, what you like. <laughs> Maybe that was a thought process is like, fuck it. There's no way I'm going to match Demi. So let me just. Just get it done. Gut instinct is right, you know. Think I mean I do think a lot of people on this film were more important, like more focused on uh, it's Friday and we're getting our checks today than like making you know the best follow up they could to Silence of the Lambs. You think Ray Liotta was at the fucking first person out the door? <laughs> I would say Hopkins, man. Like they had to they just had to give that dude like a truckload of money so oh, i think he's he's living in this as much he i think he, he likes it but oh he loved he would have made 10 of these if they fucking wrote him did you, anybody see how ray got the 
job. No. He just kept running into Ridley at the gym. And one day he was like, hey, you got anything coming up? And he's like, yeah, actually. Uh, all right. So this dipshit DC police guy, he gets shot eventually. Um, Trumgo gets out of her car. I know she an pulls- asshole sleazy fucking uh, <laughs> sexual harassment character you'd be perfect for, Ray. I've seen you around the gym just... <laughs> You don't even work the, out. Uh, hitting on all the corn poon. You just smoke <laughs> cigarettes and yeah. talk to chicks. <laughs> uh, Drumgo pulls a gun on Starling. Uh, Starling catches a bullet in the stomach, but she also is able to get off a headshot on Drumgo, missing the baby. Next scene we see is she just takes this baby into the fish market and sprays it down aggressively like to wash all the blood off of it's- it. It's fucking shocking, man. Um, yeah, <laughs> but the shot underneath, like the 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 clear table that the baby's on, and you see like the water and the ice and the blood start to mix in with it. I was like, okay, that's Ridley Scott. That's fucking cool. Um, it's just a weird little button. For some reason, yeah. I remembered. I was when I watched this, I was like, oh, I think it's a fake baby. Is that's what like I thought bomb? too. I was like, is it a bomb or something? But yeah, I thought that too. I was like, "Oh, that's just the decoy, so she won't they won't shoot at her." Yeah, and it could have just been that the baby looked so fake on the first shot. <laughs> that could be. Cut over to Starling. She's having like a real ugly cry at home over all this. Some time passes. We see news footage of the shootout annou- announcing the death of the DC police officer. News report mentions Starling and her past with Hannibal. Do you think the news would do that? I've yeah. never seen the news be like, well, let's run down this fucking agent's Genesis story. Can you name a single current FBI agent? No. <laughs> no. Like, I couldn't tell you who took down the Golden State Strangler, whatever the fuck he was. Golden State Killer. Uh, Pat... Pat Oswald's wife. Oh yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. We cut over to Mason. He's watching all this shit. He calls in Cordell. Uh, he wants to speak to someone in the Justice Department. This is twenty-eight TVs. Have we mentioned who's playing Mason? No, no. Okay. Do you do you want to? I mean, I. He's, it's a pretty famous performance, right? I mean, Gary Oldman's been allowed to play a, a little person and now a, a disabled pedophile. Uh, Is that North Carolina? Yeah, they, he's a they talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, they okay. talk about it. There's a pretty funny scene where Mason is just like, you know, I'm a pedophile. Clarice is okay. like, I don't want to talk about that. Yeah. All right. That's right. Yeah. Well, his character description, too, is he's a man of technology and he follows the internet. So he knows what's going on always. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. He's connected, I guess, man. He's got six TVs on his bed. Yeah. I think that explains all the TVs, I guess. I feel like I'm a man of the internet. <laughs> I mean, I'm not on, like, Job's level, but. 
Josh? I'm still out there. I'm mixing it up. Yeah. Do you, who's, uh, who's Job? From a lawnmower man. <laughs> I know. He's Cyber Christ, dude. I know. He lives. Season one, folks. Do you like the performance, Dan? Of Gary Oldman? Yeah. He looks like the Grinch shaved. Like Jim Carrey's Grinch and they just shaved him. But when I did watch this week, um, I was still kind of shocked because, oh, shit. Yeah, that's right. Like the makeup is very good. But yeah, it's a good performance, I think. Yeah. You should add like three pages onto your the copy of the Grinch that you have at your house and <laughs> when Christmas rolls around. Next time you see it, just imagine that you won't be able to unsee it. Just got a picture of fucking Mason Verger at the end of the Grinch. You're a pederass, <laughs> Mr. Grinch. Starling uh, is in a mission debrief at this point. Attending the meeting is Paul Crindler. Uh, this is Ray Liotta's character. Everyone's My motherfucker. Everyone's questioning Starling. She killed five people. Uh, Starling argues that, you know, she, like, she expressed her opinion during the mission, which was ignored. Um, while all this is going on, we see Crindler kind of get up and take a call outside. Yeah, and not, not to mention it wasn't even her op. She was, yeah. she was brought in to support D.C. police. I don't That's know what, how you get in trouble for this if you're Starling. It's like, surely people would be like, yeah, she called it off. Mm-hmm. It could be just because her name's already been thrown out in the press mm-hmm. and they need they need somebody to blame. And she's been a hot shot for the last 10 years and they would fucking love to take her down a peg. That's sort of the, the read I get from it. So we jump over to like a separate smaller meeting that's just basically Crindler, another guy, and Starling. Um, these guys lay everything out. They're kind of like, do you remember Mason Verger? She's like Lecter's fourth victim, uh, the only one who survived. Of course I do. Uh, they're like, well, he's requested a meeting with you, and he says that he has new information about the Hannibal case, and he will only provide it to you. Crindler was like, this is a really good deal. You get to go back on this like huge case that you're celebrated for. I'll divert all the negative media attention you're getting from the Drumgo case. So Starling kind of has to like reluctantly accept this. She's, you know, back against the wall. Yeah. Can't really do anything. She, she arrives at Mason Verger's opulent mansion. Uh, Cordell kind of leads her in. I think this was all shot at like the Biltmore yeah, in, oh, I, I had a blast uh, watching this and going through that and like connecting. You know, did you did you do the tour out there? I did. Yeah. Do do they I, talk about Hannibal? Um. So after we went to the Biltmore that night, uh, in our hotel room, I don't know if. So I think in season one, I talked about this. Like when I got back that week, we recorded because I remember riffing with you guys about the shitty little gym that they had mm-hmm. down there, like that. That just fucking blew my mind. Um, and that there were no bathrooms inside for visitors. Mm-hmm. Like, it's... 
got 120 bathrooms and you can't hook that shit up for people to use when they pay like $20 to tour the thing. Anyway, um, but as we were leaving, Sam was like, I wonder if they've shot movies here. And I was like, surely they have. And I looked up a bunch of uh, different movies and this popped up in there on the list. And I will say we had talked about it and the Cordell joke has always been there. That really seated Hannibal in my mind. Like, oh shit, we got to do Hannibal for the show. It'd be great. Last of the Mohicans, I think, shot on the property as well. Um, it was it was kind of cool. I even made Sam come over, uh, in the scene you're about to talk about when Starling shows up to the house. Like I paused it there and I was like, "Just watch this. It's not creepy yet. Just see if you recognize this place." And immediately she was like, "Ooh." So. And then I made her watch right up until you saw Gary Oldman's face. And then I was like, he's going to look gross. You should probably leave. But <laughs> I think Francis watched like 20 minutes of this and was like, just disgusted by Mason Verger's <laughs> appearance. Uh, all right. Clarice gets out a little microphone and starts to wire up Verger. Mason starts telling a bunch of his backstory where he's like, you know, I come from wealth and my dad ran like camps for kids and I'm like a huge pedophile and shit. Mm-hmm. And Clarice is just like, we don't need to cover any of this. Like, And Verger is like, no, I, I want to talk about it. Like, he's such a fucking little weirdo. Do you think that there's any, is he sort of doing like a reverse Hannibal? Is he sort of so interested in Sterling? That Hannibal, because Hannibal was interested in her, and he's trying to sort of info dump because he does like lean up and turn on the light and everything. He's trying to get a rise out of her. Like, is this is this just like his way of like dropping an ante to see what she'll bite on? Like, well, I don't he, think he's calling the pig farmers and just being like, "Hey, did you guys know like my dad ran an orphanage and like I used to just like give kids candy and shit." Like, I don't. I think he's he's doing he, it for a purpose, right? Well, he knows he has to have Sterling to get Hannibal to him, I think. Oh, for so he's, sure. But he's going to do whatever it. So maybe he thought the the pedo thing would. She'd be like, well, we got to I got to take this dude down or something. You know what I mean? I think I it is. A, I think it is a bit of just like, I don't know try and he's so obsessed with Hannibal that it's like what did he see in this person I'm gonna try to like play the same mind games that he did but like Mason is terrible at it so what did like Hannibal prevent him from like shipping some isotopes or something (laughs) why is he Dan stop (laughs) what you're ruining the whole third Uh, act of a movie oh I'm dropping a bomb sorry yeah um I don't know, and I I did want to kind of find a time in this to talk about the morality of Hannibal, and if, if we could come back to this later at some point, but uh, maybe maybe when he wheels when he's wheeled into the house, that'd be a key time to talk about it. But something sort of stuck out to me on this watch. Welcome but, to Five Day Reynolds' first four hour episode here. <laughs> 
Mason starts to tell a story about when he met Lecter. Uh, Mason was into a bunch of like weird, kinky, sexual stuff. Um, he was showing it off to Lecter. Lecter is like, show me how you, I don't know, like hang yourself and jerk off, essentially, is what he's doing. Um, is, is Lecter gay? Is he a gay man? I don't think I don't think he's got I don't think he gives a shit whatever that would be I think if he wants to eat it or fuck it he eats it or he fucks it whatever mm. whatever whatever that is I think particularly at the time you know the way it's played and stuff maybe it was it was it could be taken that way and I think they even hint at it like doesn't Leota even sort of drop some obscenity towards him. Well, he might have just been playing to it to do what he wanted to do to this I guy. I think so. And I think that goes into the morality thing. Like I think I think he was trying to make the guy pay for being a fucking petter ass. Like I think he was right? Like Yeah. Because he didn't he didn't yeah, eat him that. or kill him. He was like, You're fucking below me. You fuck your own shit up. Yeah. And I don't know. You, we're in that time now where, and you see these memes. I'm just going to talk about it now. Sorry, Karan. Um, <laughs> uh, we there's all these memes of like uh, characters that are misunderstood, right, or that are praised for the wrong reason, like your Don Trapers and your Walter Whites, right? Because we're at this this point in, unfortunately, like fragile male, like particularly like white male, right, like we are fragile, like shit's falling down around us. And instead of like sort of embracing and letting everything rise up, we got to like, how do we fucking stay up? And I like the guy who's right. Sort of powerful and an asshole and gets away with it. He's a guy to root for. I, an anti-hero. Yeah. The Joker. I don't know. I, yeah. Joker's a, a great example to me. An anti-hero is more of like fucking the man with no name. Right. He's like, he's a better person than Don Draper on paper. <laughs> right. Like, that's like the extent of where I would go. Walter White may be a little bit better. Um, but I uh, think there's an interesting thing with him. Go ahead. Uh, I think at the same time, though, <clears throat> like, I think it is just fun to watch like scumbag people, though. Like, those characters are, they're not uninteresting. Like, Don Draper's super interesting. He's just, I don't know. I, I guess if people are like, I want to be like him, that to me is weird because it's like, well, the dude continually like fucks up his life all the time. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah, think it's like the the worship of those characters. Self-centeredness. Is, is like misguided. But yes. Yeah. The, it's like they are. They are interesting people. And 100%. As you, and that's the rule. You can be shitty, but as long as you're interesting, we'll follow you. Right. Mm -hmm. um, the problem is like when you you sort of think like oh that's me or I I identify with them for the wrong reasons. Hannibal is the one, and particularly in the show, where it is like I don't know, like we have this whole culture of like acceptance, and Hannibal lives in my mind, and I know it's fucked up. He lives in like this higher plane of existence. And he talks about it periodically throughout this. Like, it's not wrong to like want to eat your enemy, know what they taste like, right? And they even hint at like, oh, he prefers to kill root people. 
and eat root people and people that are ruining shit. And we never really hear or see him do like he will kill innocent people. I mean, rude people are still innocent just because they're rude. But there's this there's an interesting morality. That, and I'm wondering if there's like there's got to be a book, right? Like the morality of Hannibal Lecter that somebody's gone into. But the Lecter lifestyle. Yeah, there's something to it, you know, like particularly in the show, because it it sort of slowly unrolls like how bad he gets because it sort of starts in like a oh he is sort of anti-hero and he kills this guy that killed this lady and William's like what the fuck is going on who and it's sort of in peril and then he just goes off the fucking rails eventually and they sort of try to pull him back in but on this watch it was like if they had just toned down a few of the things that he had he does in this you still could have kept that cool mystique and I'd almost forgive somebody <laughs> that was like, you know what? Like, yeah, he's at a higher plane of existence. Like, he's cooler than Don Draper. Like, I'd rather be Lecter than Don Draper. Because Lecter tells you to your face, like, fucking Don Draper's like shitty and a liar. Right? Am I making any sense that, like, it. Yeah, I think yeah but I, Don Draper won't wear your face. <laughs> that's true. Mm-hmm. I think he's definitely like a character that lives by a code, you know, like he has a set of rules in his head and it's like, once you move past this, even if it's just being rude, but it's like, well, you should treat people better than that. You know, like, so he does have some morality, but then you do have to wrestle with the fact that he will like skin people. I mean, (laughs) you know, it's a weird tug of war for sure, but I guess if you can get over point B, you know. Sure, why not? I mean, so in silence, the only people we see him kill are, I mean, he fucking brutalizes those cops. But he's trying to escape, right? Um, And this one, anybody he kills is like, just trying to catch him. He's not like going out of his way to kill anybody. I don't, I mean, it's hinted at that he killed his successor. But there's a bit of grainy footage of him just like biting a nurse's nose off, I think. Yeah, but that's so, from the first one. Yeah, but what did she do? Well, those are the people keeping him locked up. That's not fair. <laughs> All right. Because he's trying to eat to survive? Kron, if you haven't had a Diet Coke in seven years and the Diet Coke was in front of you, wouldn't you take the I'd, Diet Coke? I'd order a full Coke, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's been seven years. Sugar. You can afford the sugar. Yeah. yeah. All right, sorry for that unnecessary. I just got it out. We can move faster. I just was interested uh, what your guys' take was. Like, do you have a... When you that, watch it, do you, like, enjoy the code and think that's... I think that might be a problem that I have with this movie. Okay. That it's inconsistent? When, like I said, or... not, not that. It's just he. they move him into such a... You're rooting for a guy who eats somebody. Like you're you're just dying to see him kill this fucking Italian cop. And it's like step back. No, this dude shouldn't be killing a, co- a cop, like a detective. Like he's trying to catch him and I mean he has yes. He's got some uh wanting the money, the reward money, but I, I think it moves into that, like, he's 
no matter what, the audience is cheering for Hannibal, no matter what the stakes are. Devil's Advocate, how's that different than Freddy Krueger? <sighs> what are you talking about? The first one? Or are you talking I'm just, about I'm just saying the I'm just, I could have thrown out or, Jason Voorhees yeah, or Jason, Michael Myers yeah. or anybody that hellraiser like pinhead i mean yeah i know it gets to a point in the franchise yes where that's the point of the movies but baldwin when you come from something as tonally serious as lambs which is again 10 years difference I, i don't know it's just that's one of the like yeah, just like he's the Tom Cruise and it's fucking Anthony Hopkins, who's probably what, fucking 60 in this movie. And he's just walking around like he's like he could take a fucking missile to his chest or something. I think it's. I don't know. It's just. I guess I would have the opposite take. I think it's easier to stomach it in this movie because it is like so big and goofy in a way. Like they are kind of trying to push him into the mold of Freddy Krueger or something where it's like, this guy can do anything. Like he's, he's not like you or me, you know? And it's, it gets like so big and out of hand in Hannibal that it's like, well, now we're like kind of in goofy territory, you know? It's like, it's easier to root for that character than he, than I think he is in like Silence of the Lambs. I mean, where he's like truly scary. Yeah. I don't think there is a rooting aspect of, it's a it's a creepy ass character that you're like holy shit this guy has grabbed my attention and it just goes to like that's why i say it's probably it's fan service from thomas harris of they want hannibal i'm gonna give him hannibal and i understand the movie is called hannibal and like i said we're talking about hannibal not silence of the lambs so i mean that's just that switch which i get sell books and get asses in the seats in the theater i mean yeah i get that yeah but it's just that this movie's sweeping the oscars it's you know what i mean it's just that it's like a total 360 of and like i said it might have been scott who was like well i'm never gonna fucking live up to to what this was so let's have some fucking fun that's just me yeah Beer can. All right, guys. Hannibal offers Mason a, a popper in this flashback that we're stuck in. Um, Mason's like, yeah, hell, hell yeah, dude. I'm down for whatever. And then <laughs> Hannibal's like, all right, show me what you do. Mason starts kind of like swinging around on this rope, uh, crashes into a mirror. And then Hannibal is like, here's a piece of the mirror. Why don't you try cutting your own face off and feeding it to your dogs? Uh, and this guy's just like, yeah, all right, I'll do that. And that's what he does. It's yeah. like, it's shot in this like pretty crazy 2000s uh, way too, where it's like the violence is intense, but the camera gets like that weird jittery kind of like thing going on. Mm-hmm. It's like floaty almost. Yeah. What's he yell? Yeah, like Hannibal's like, nope, I can still see your face. Keep going. And he's just like so fucked up. He keeps going at it i guess after one popper though you kind of wanted to cut your own face off i mean i've never been that high in my life but i mean it's a it's a combo (laughs) of the popper and how like 
Hannibal's superpower is just getting into your own brain, right? Because I think the in line is, is Oldman yelling like, that's entertainment. <laughs> like he's having a fucking blast. Uh, eventually Starling is like, all right, can we get to the new info already? Uh, <laughs> Cordell brings over an x-ray. He says they received this a couple weeks ago from Buenos, uh, Buenos Aires. Cut, cut over to Clarice. Uh, she's in some kind of bunker room at this point. Like We're going to see several shots of her here. She's got a lot of pieces of like the Hannibal evidence all laid out and shit. Records guy comes in. He's like, where do you want this stuff? Um, let's see. Uh, oh, this, he's like, where do you want all of this? It's worth a lot of money in certain circles. This basement definitely has a Tony Scott feel too. Like, I imagine, like, just fucking truck shots of people rushing through there. Like, the aesthetic of the cages everywhere. And if you, if you had a choice between Tony or Ridley, who are you going with? God damn it. Um, I mean, Ridley made Alien and Gladiator. Tony made Top Gun and Man on Fire. So I think Ridley just... Slightly edges, edges out. I'd go Ridley. Ridley made Prometheus, yeah. So mm-hmm. you take Tony? <laughs> no. Walter Hill, responsible for Ridley R- Scott. Ridley, I in my head, is still an epic filmmaker. Even the smaller things that he's done, like this and a good year, you know, which seem just like he's just knocking them out and they're quick little stories. But his vibe to me, when I see his name, I imagine, I imagine scope, right? And Tony, I connect with kineticism. It's going to be fast. It's going to be cool. Stylish. Yeah. Um, you referenced a good year, a movie I. Never thought would ever come up on this podcast. I like a good year, man. It's it's a good movie. That's a good. That is like a enjoyable. It's a good throw date on. movie. Oh fuck, that's where I was going. Yeah, just you and your wife underneath a blanket, talking about maybe that vacation you'll never take. Yep. Good shit. You ever seen it, Kron? Never seen it. Oh, throw it on. Francis will love it. Okay. Uh, Clarice pops in a tape. She sees Lecter uh, viciously attacking a nurse. He bites her face up real good. Clarice goes over to see Barney. This is the orderly from the start of the movie. Um, She's like, hey, what happened, you know, whenever you turned over Lecter to the Tennessee police? None of them made it past three days. Uh, Barney's like, they weren't civil people. He also says, you made it six years with him. Uh, It wasn't. She's like, I don't think it was just being civil. He's like, it totally was. Like, that's it. Clarice asks what happens to all the stuff, you know, once he leaves the facility. Barney says it got all of it got destroyed. Um, she's like, I just learned that one elector's signed copies of The Joy of Cooking sold for $16,000. Barney's like, yeah, that was probably a fake or something. She's like, well, there was a letter of authenticity. It was signed by the same person who hired you. The only problem is at the bottom of the form, they signed Barney. Fucking got his ass, dude. Got him. I don't uh, blame him. Hey, he's just fucking 
making enough to move to Bora Bora or something. I mean, now guys, what what's he doing with this pigeon? So he when Clarice sees him, he's trying to cross the street. And he sees a dead pigeon, and he picks it up. He brings it home and leaves it on his doorstep. Is he allowing the other pigeons to come and mourn because it wouldn't have been safe for them in the street? I guess so. Okay. At some point, doesn't he shoo them away? And he's like, that's enough. Like, yeah, you I think he says, like, you've grieved enough. Move on. <laughs> okay. I thought that was an interesting character choice, right? Like, it goes to reinforce that he's not a bad guy. Well, he, what, if, what if he's actually ghost dog? I mean, he's willing to steal and sell memorabilia, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, the guy hosts pigeon funerals. He's not all bad. <laughs> One redeeming quality he has. I mean, the guy survived being an orderly around Hannibal Lecter. Maybe he's like, I fucking earned this. I think right. I think maybe part of it, too, is with this next part. We cut over to Clarice. She's listening to one of Lecter's tapes. Lecter is describing her as a pigeon. He goes on this whole thing about, like, they have a trait to dive down to the ground, which is called rolling. Uh, you can't breed two deep rolling pigeons because their offspring will just go so far down they hit the ground. Uh, he goes on to say that Clarice is clearly a deep roller. Let's hope one of her parents was not. So maybe it has something to do with that. Huh. Tying like, this whole pigeon motif together. It's like, it's like parallel things, like in a story. Mm-hmm. Like how you can convey like one thing with another. Was this Rutgers Howard's house? It's like fucking weird. Rutger Howard's house? Rutger. In split him? second. Uh, Didn't he have a shit ton of pigeons in there? Yeah, he had pigeons because, yeah. And then also uh, fucking Bowie's rooftop in the hunger. All right, guys, we cut over to Florence, Italy. Local cop walks into a meeting of, I don't know, like scholars or librarians they're picking someone to replace a recently deceased librarian. This hmm. cop, his name is uh, Pazzi, Pazzi, I don't know, walks up and we see he's talking to Hannibal Lecter. But he's like, hey, Dr. Fell, I have some questions. Uh, did that guy who died, like, have you found a note? Have you found anything I can use? Lecter's like, no. Pazzi starts to leave, but Lecter's like, you've been reassigned. You were on a much higher profile case than this. Like, they clearly kicked you down a peg. Uh, like, he's just, like, jabbing at this guy, basically. He can't, he can't help it. Mm-hmm. This might be a reference to the monster of Florence killer that might have been going on at that time. Who's like a lover's lane killer, almost like a Zodiac of Florence, Italy. Because they mentioned... They mentioned it a few times. He, oh, I think he was one of the detectives working on the the monster case or whatever. Oh, okay. So that might be what that's right. I haven't did the research on that yet, though. They were all crimes of passion. 
They were always lovers. He was a Florence killer who just killed teenagers getting it on in lover lane spots. All right, we cut back to Starling. She's back in the bunker. She receives a letter from Guinness World Records that is congratulating her on being the female officer who has shot and killed the most people in the line of duty. Yeah! That's the kind of stuff in this movie where it's like, why do we we do this? That made the cut? Mm -hmm. I think it. I think it goes to Dan, what you were talking about earlier, like the fan service aspect of it is Harris just going like, you guys want Hannibal? You want Hannibal out on the loose? Like, I'm just going to amp it up, right? Like, I'm, I'm like, he's, is he making you eat your own shit for wanting that, you know, <laughs> like. Uh, she's also received a letter with some handwriting she knows all too well. She tells the other guy, like, hey, you got to give me a minute. Like, clear the fucking room. She reads the note. In it, I've Lecter, turned on right now. <laughs> Lecter is like, hey, I've been enjoying seeing your recent fall from grace. <laughs> like, <laughs> this whole note is like, you suck at your job. You're the worst cop ever. You guys oh. are going to get a letter <laughs> this week from me. It's kind of the same thing. Nobody fucking negs like <laughs> Lecter, dude. Well, you better put that like, little drawing at the bottom of yeah. it. <laughs> better give me big titties. Mm-hmm. You're going to need two post-its to cover that up. <laughs> Lecter goes on to say, like, hey, do you think your dad would be disappointed with you? You're a failure. You're trailer park white trash. That he's like, oh, I also see I'm off the FBI's 10 most wanted, or I'm back on it, uh, the FBI's 10 most wanted list. Uh, dude, I looked up the other names on that list, like I paused it, and then wikipedia uh the FBI's 10 most wanted list of like 2001, and I was so fucking stoned I can't remember any of them, <laughs> but I think one of them was, uh, I don't think it was the the DC Sniper. But one of the guys was the guy that was sniping in the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, and I feel like there was like a Waco guy in there as well. Okay, Karan? But maybe I'll look this- that up at the break and, and bring it up. But those, like, they were all, aside from Hannibal, they were like legit the uh, real top 10 most wanted. Well, one of the guys was Osama bin Laden. Is this when you learned about September 11th, Bones? <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit, dude. You've had a depressing That's week. That's why then, I took huh? another edible. I was like, this happened? <laughs> this is a fucking movie. Swag, I take my shoes off now? <laughs> Damn, my feet. No. Some forensics guy, he comes in to talk to Clarice. Uh, he's like, we found a partial print on the note, uh, but nothing that's going to hold up in court. The paper and ink are nice, but they're pretty common. Uh, you could find them in a thousand stores throughout the world. Cl- Clarice notices that the letter has a certain scent to it. We cut over to an incredible scene. Yes. <laughs> the FBI has brought in three, like, nose experts, I guess. <laughs> 
Speaking of Breaking a- Bad. Yep. Yeah, I don't know this guy's name, but it's uh, Tuco, right, from Breaking Bad? Uh, no, Tuco's uncle. Oh, yeah, that's right. The guy in the wheelchair in yeah. Breaking Bad. Fuck, I forget his name. One Salamaca. That, yeah, he's the one that blows <laughs> up uh, Gus. Mm-hmm. Ooh, and then huge, huge spoilers for Breaking Bad. If you come on, uh, uh, I I spoiled Oppenheimer. No, you didn't. Mm-hmm. If anything, <laughs> save some time. Be, there's no way you could. <laughs> the movie itself says isotopes, and you have no fucking idea what the fuck they are talking about. You look over at the person you watch the movie with, like, who the fuck was anybody? God damn it. Fucking Oppenheimer. Um the other uh the other male sniffer is the the dude from Office Space. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so weird to not see him be like kind of like a little bumbling dweeb. Isn't he also he... in Bad Santa? He's the like guy that's like Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> fucking Santa Claus. <laughs> that guy. Yeah. Are you off your fucking meds or something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I watched I lost an arm killing you fuckers in Vietnam. I watched uh, Manhunter and I didn't realize the killer in that was the dude in House of the Devil. I was like, oh shit. Yeah, bro. <clears throat> uh all right, this scent expert, he's like raw amber grease base, Tennessee lavender, traces of something else, fleece. Lovely. <laughs> This guy's great. I fucking love that they included this scene in the movie. And then he goes on about how he fucking hates the Environmental Protection Act. (laughs) I wonder how much this cost, because I would do this like every week, just find something for them to smell and describe to me. Mm -hmm. Be like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah. How fucking awesome to be like, I'm going to take this piece of paper and dump it or rub it across every random thing I come across and see how many things I can identify. I've been sparting in the same jar for a month. Sweat? Levi's? Levi's? 501s? Levi? This is your ass. They obviously don't use Tide. They must be allergic. Hmm. Downy, sensitive skin. Hmm. Free and clear? Hmm. How much? Harry's like how how far do you have? Shampoo. Do you have to go before their descriptions get real esoteric and they're like, mm-hmm. uh, the, the sorrow of the waves leaving the shore? <laughs> like that. Well, that's why there would be like an intern or something that explained what that physically was. <laughs> like, oh, he's an he's infamous depression. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's going he's gonna to have to take another month off. He's, mm, he's that's what he calls petroleum scene. jelly. Yeah. I'd say he's okay. going to kill himself in uh, two and a half weeks. <laughs> uh, this guy is like, hey, this cream is clearly custom. I can get you a list. It's going to be short. <laughs> this guy knows every fucking perfumist in the world. I mean, that must be their job, right? They just travel and go to these places who I'm. I don't I know. S- I-, I smell. You smell? No, like I don't stink. I like I smell stuff, and that's my job. I just recently saw a clip of uh, what do you call them? I Savalier. Is that the the wine tasting 
Somalia. Som- Somalia. Somalia. Yeah. Um, got a documentary out about that. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. This lady did like six different wines in like a minute. She just like sniffed them all and like immediately like identified where they were from and like taste and spit and said like blah, 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 1984, blah, 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 2002, blah, blah, blah. I was like, what the fuck, man? If you watch the documentary, they have to do, I can't remember how many it is, but it's like 30 or 40 that they have to correctly identify to the region and the town that they're like produced in. You know like, the it's fucking of my insane. Palate, I could tell you probably That's why cold. <laughs> like, oh that that's wine. I know that much. Mm-hmm. This uh mac and cheese is using a sharp cheddar. <laughs> yeah, that's that's beyond me. That is. All right, back in Italy, Pazzi walks over to the police station. Uh some guy's copying a tape and Pazzi's like, fucking rewind that shit. I can't. Uh, I'm making the recording. This guy's <laughs> fucking... T- this guy. I wish he would have spoke more in the movie. His voice is incredible. Uh, we see that it's uh, footage of Hannibal at the perfume shop. The guy's like, yeah, the FBI requested it through Interpol. Um, but Pazzi's like, I fucking know who that asshole is. He starts following Lecter around, but he's like, Lecter is too good. He drinks his wine with a napkin and, like, wipes the glass down and shit. Pazzi's at home doing some sleuthing. He's trying to pull up the FBI's top ten most wanted, but he's blocked. I feel like that would be, like, fucking publicly accessible. Yeah. Puts in his username and password. We see Osama Bin Laden and Hannibal Lecter. 2001, what's he using? Yahoo? Fucking AOL, dude. Were we on Google yet? I don't think so. Fucking Ask Jeeves. Yeah. He was on Ask Jeeves. Yahoo. Uh, Let's see. Pazzy's hot-ass wife comes in, and she's like, take me to the opera. Do you have tickets? (laughs) I don't want to sit in the back row. Uh, Pazzy's like, don't worry, I fucking, I'll take care of the opera tickets, but he's still doing his sleuthing. He comes across a page where he finds there's a $3 million reward for Hannibal Lecter. I, I would be remiss if I did not point out that this actor has a Bond connection. He (laughs) plays Mathis in the, uh, Daniel Craig Bonds. And he also sort of plays a very similar role to this in Man on Fire. He plays so like he's, a, he's worked with both Scott brothers. Yeah. Nice. He's a good local policeman who helps out the dashing hero. Good thing he got his big break in Hannibal to really mm-hmm. fucking chew on a piece of writing. I think he does a lot of dubbing. He dubs a lot of American movies into Italian. It's cool. He's like the best Clooney. It's a me, uh, George. We're gonna rob uh, the the bank. Casino, yeah. I need ten other men. You would do a flippies flips. 
When the moon constant sorrow. <laughs> All right, we see rubbed in petroleum jelly. <laughs> we see Crindler down in Starling's bunker. He's checking out some stuff. He sees Hannibal's drawing, and he's like, "I gotta see how this guy draws a pair of knockers." <laughs> Puts his glasses on and shit. He is mm-hmm. stoked. I haven't even seen tits in five minutes, man. Fuck yeah. Horny as hell. He lifts up the post-it and kind of giggles to himself. (laughs) (laughs) Starling, like, pulls out her headphones, which just starts blaring Hannibal, like, throughout the the basement. Uh, Krindler gets all freaked out. Starling says, do you know why Lecter eats people? Uh, Just people that have wronged him, sometimes for a public service. He killed a flutist uh, and served his entrails to the board to improve the Baltimore symphony. symphony. Doesn't he feed that guy to multiple people? It's like a dinner party, I think, in Red Dragon. Yeah. Okay. Krenor says, uh, I always thought Hannibal was gay, all this artsy fartsy stuff. Starling is like, why would you even say that? (laughs) You're a moron, basically. Because she's in love with him. Who? With Lecter? Yes. I don't. I think it's not in love. I think it's a different. We'll get an obsession. We'll get there. Uh, Let's see. Starling calls back to Italy. She's like, where's the tape? Uh, The guy, his name is Benetti. He says, I sent it to you. You should have it by now. Starling's like, well, I never never got it. Send another one. Oh, no. I put it in a tube. <laughs> Mamma mia. It must have got stepped on by a goomba. Pazzi goes over to a payphone. Uh, he calls a number, but it's like disconnected. This a time I pick up a thing and it make me into a raccoon. And I wag my tail. <laughs> was fucking French. I can turn into Monty Python French voice. Never mind. I give up. Sorry, Kron. Hour 20. Uh, let's see. Phone starts ringing uh, as soon as he hangs it up. Pazzy is just like, essentially you're like. <laughs> fucking Mario joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. That's Yeah. He sent it in a tube. <laughs> okay. Goomba stepped on it, and then he was gonna get. He was gonna. <laughs> he was gonna power up and fly it to her. That is fucking fireballs. I'm gonna ride this a bullet. It has a smile, but he's a not a good. It's a big meanie. Uh, on the phone call, Pazzy is essentially just like, "I want the money," <laughs> and the guy is like. Okay, call this number in Geneva then. Like, they'll, you know, get you all set up. It is a cool sequence. They basically say, we highly recommend that you consult a lawyer. Here's a number for the lawyer. You call this and you get a voicemail. You get, like, it is a cool, like, the infrastructure that they've obviously set up that Mason's been able to, like, put together is kind of impressive. Mm Mm-hmm. Pazzy goes to see Hannibal again. Uh, Hannibal starts grilling him about his family. He's like, Pazzy is a unique name. Uh, you're from a long line of traitors and shit. 
He's like, your relative was thrown naked from a window to hang. Um, Hannibal goes and puts on some gloves. This is kind of a cool little scene. Like, you think he's maybe going to kill this guy right here. But it's a total fake out. He just helps Pazzy uh, carry the former librarian's luggage, like, out of the building. Pazzy's obsessed now. Uh, he's got to make this thing work. Goes out and buys a silver bra- a bracelet. He sees a talented pickpocket and he lays it all out. Like, I'm going to arrest you or you got to help me catch this other guy. You go to, like, grab his wallet. He'll grab your your wrist and he'll leave a thumbprint. Cut over to this plan. Hannibal's walking down the street. Pickpocket's following him. Pazzy is behind both of them. Eventually, the pickpocket makes his move. Hannibal does indeed grab his wrist. But as soon as Hannibal walks away, this guy just, like, falls down. Uh, Pazzy runs over. Pickpocket's like, tried to grab my balls, but he missed. (laughs) Uh, This dude is just shooting blood out of his femoral artery. And uh, Pazzy takes the bracelet. He's like, hey, let me help you. But the pickpocket, for some reason, is like, no, you let me fucking bleed out in the street. No, he... fucking die in honor. Pazzy's holding his hand off of him holding the wound. He's trying to get him to bleed out faster. Oh. Yeah. I thought he was like, here, I'll help you. And the guy was just like, no. Yeah, he says that to like grab his wrist and then he takes his hand off, like off the wound. And the guy's like, no, don't. And then that's when they show like he's just allowing it to bleed even more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, I, I feel confident in that take. Yeah. It's a little confusing, I'd say. Yeah. This movie does that a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pazzy sends the print through to Mason. 16-point match. Mason instantly rings up some Italian guys on a pig farm, and he's like, is all this shit ready? And they're like, hell yeah, listen to this. You know that new sound you've been looking for? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> He's like, what you, the fuck is this? <laughs> your kids are going to love it. No, Antonio, the other one. Yeah, so we cut over. We see these guys put in a tape of like someone screaming, and then a bunch of pigs are just chomping on a dummy out in this pen. Pazzy goes to meet with a bank guy. He's like, We got all the money ready. Uh, All you got to do is like give us Lecter. And the guy is like, You don't even have to do it personally. You just got to point him out. We'll take care of the rest. But Pazzy is like, No, I'm a professional. I'm going to fucking get this guy. Yeah, right over there. (laughs) Hell yeah, dude. Why do you need to point him out? Why couldn't you just say, oh, he's pretending to be a Dr. Fell at this fucking university. And they could then take the rest. Like, So in the book. They know what he looks like. Shut up, shut up, shut up. (laughs) Harris, anytime that Hannibal goes out in the book... He's a plastic surgeon uh, uh, patient, so he has like stuff all over his face, so nobody can recognize him. So when they did the movie, he's like, "Yeah, I'm not fucking doing that." 
Like the Invisible Man and shit? <laughs> kind of. Like a hollow man, if you will. <clears throat> and the I mean, book, they actually... He disguises himself when he's out in public, so... But yeah, in the movie, he's just... Yeah. I mean, you could have put a little goatee on him or something. Well, he's always wearing, like, weird Italian suits and... <laughs> Fucking hats and shit. Nineteen twenties yeah. gangster hats. Yeah, just put a fake mustache, wear like some overalls <laughs> and like a plumber's belt. You know, <laughs> fit right in. Mm-hmm. Jump up, hit a block. Mm-hmm. Nobody would be able to find you. Italy's fucking littered with these doofuses. <laughs> these animated doofus. <laughs> Getting high on flowers and shooting fireballs. Turning into stone and shit. That raccoon suit really left an impression on you, huh? (laughs) I feel like you don't get that till end of game, kind of. Yeah, but it was so cool when you got to it, man. You could fly in and turn to stone. Putting on this frog suit. Helping nobody, you swim. Nobody can hurt water level. All the bullies at school couldn't hurt me if I had this raccoon suit. They don't right, care Pat's- if I outgrew my jeans already this school year. <laughs> my ankle's showing off. This is this is getting. And my mom personal. wasn't hip with the times. I didn't have those big baggy ones. I don't know if it would have helped you to show up in a raccoon suit. <laughs> It'd have been awesome. <laughs> Pazzy and his hot-ass wife finally get over to the opera. I'll be damned if my kid doesn't get a raccoon suit. <laughs> I don't care if I got to pick up an extra shift. He's going to have a better life than me, you understand? This is going to spin around in a circle and fly away. Shit gets hard. Pazzy glances over. He notices Lecter, who instantly turns and just stares at him. At the opera reception, Lecter walks over. Patsy introduces his wife. She's like, oh, you're from America. I'd love to see New England. Lecter's like, I've had some excellent meals there. It's pretty good. Clarice is back in the bunker. She's starting to look at all the logs of who accessed uh, Lecter's material online. She finally gets the tape from Italy, sees Lecter. She calls Patsy. She's like, hey, thanks for the tape. Um, she's also like, I see that you access Lecter's file. He's like, yeah, everybody in this office just uses whatever computers around. Um, she's like, no, it's on your home computer. (laughs) She's like, if you're going after the reward, it's not worth it. He will kill you. Pazzy ignores this. Uh, the plan is in place. He calls up the pigmen. They're ready to go. They're outside the building. Pezzy goes to Lecter, who's uh, hosting like a lecture. Of course, he uh, of course his phone starts ringing as soon as he walks in. It's Clarice again, being like, "He'll kill you! Don't do it." <laughs> Patsy sits through the seminar. Everyone starts to leave, and he's like, "Hey, let me help you pack up. Let's go get a drink together." We see Hannibal squirting a little liquid onto a handkerchief. You're like, "Yep." He's like, he walks up. He's kind of like, after giving it some serious thought, I might eat your wife. (laughs) Fucking knocks this guy out. 
No, too. Hell yeah, dude. I don't think he was going to. I think he's just fucking with him. I think he's gonna fucking have sex with her. Oh, <laughs> uh, maybe. I think he, we get the sense. I think he he got a sense when he handed her the poem and shit. He was like, "She's she's pretty classy. She's like above this fucking trash cop trying to take me down." Uh, after he knocks him out, he kind of walks Patsy over to a window on this weird little, like, three-wheel dolly that will let you go upstairs. That's why Bones, your feet were hanging off. You guys didn't put him up on the lip correctly. Uh, he gets all the info out of Patsy that he can. Patsy is working with Mason for the reward money. Uh, there are some more goons outside waiting for Hannibal. Pazzy's phone rings again. It's Clarice. Fucking desperate, dude. Typical woman, man. Lecter answers. Yeah. Lecter answers. He's like, I got some bad news for you. <laughs> I'm about to fucking gut this dude. Um, he also says, I hope you like the skin cream. I got it for you. Turns to Pazzy, he's like, should I just toss you out or should I cut your stomach open first? Pazzy mumbles, but Lecter's like, I guess I gotta make this decision myself. Slices this dude up, throws him out of the window. A bunch of like Japanese tourists see this and start laughing. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what their fucking game shows are like and shit, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, unbeatable Banzukai. That the splash of his bowels hitting the cobblestones. Pretty good. Is incredible. Yeah. Uh the laughing the laughter starts to turn to screaming. Lecter escapes. Guys, it's a pee break. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the Five Day Rentals podcast. Uh, if you're just now joining us, we are covering Hannibal. I would highly, highly suggest you start with Manhunter, and then you wait the full amount of years between that movie and Silence of the Lambs, and then do the same with Hannibal before you continue this episode. Yeah. Or you can just listen to this episode. No, wait the 15 years. It'll be so rewarding. <laughs> Do you ever think about, like, if we continue to just host this when this show inevitably, you know, fails in a few years? Like, will we continue to host the show? Like, in 20 years, will, like, we, our children listen? Let's take over. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Pass it down. To our children, or should we just slowly start to incorporate other people? Like in a few years. Like if this really was a video store, right? Like we'd get new employees and we would... I think we should just give it to our moms. My mom knows fucking movies, dude. My mom's the reason I'm into movies. 
and it would be way more popular than what it is right here. Yeah. Let's see. My mom would talk about uh, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. It's uh, a good one. Maybe Gone with the Wind, Wizard of Oz. Uh, my mom would get in on the Wizard of Oz. I feel like I could name the like 10 movies my mom has seen and would talk about. Titanic. I think she loves Titanic. It's a Wonderful Life. Damn. My mom's like a fucking hardcore biker bitch or something compared to your mother's. Like, <laughs> she, like, we're going to talk about Dune. We're going to talk about fucking aliens. Like, you know. My mother. You think I talk a lot about Bond or Star Trek? Holy shit. Should we do a would Mother's you, Day special where we I was bring our say, mothers would, on? Would you we, ever bring your mom onto the podcast? My mom's an absolute delight. I'm never telling my mom about you, this podcast. Are we allowed so. to cuss? In front of my mom? My mom doesn't. Yeah. Care. My mom's cool I shit. Guess, She's got yeah. a tattoo and everything. Not in front of my mom, dude. <laughs> Challenge accepted. You watch Kron. your fucking mouth, Bones. <laughs> it's my mom. Dad, shut the right. fuck up. <laughs> you talk right with my mom's on this show. <laughs> None of that uh, cum-based material you two are <laughs> so known for. Don't even. Don't even. That all starts with you. Cron, uh, I'm pretty sure moms love cum. Fuck, they just dude. don't acknowledge it. But You don't say that shit about mom. <laughs> I'm saying I think I think kind of like a thing that they don't like. Right? I don't know if they like it. We're they, here. I, they accepted it. <laughs> The one time. Yeah. I don't know. When the priest ordained, their spilling of seed. Saw in the, the love of the Lord. Mm-hmm. It's not a crap right, on okay. the tongue, dudes. It's a fucking... <laughs> you know? It's salty. It's a... Uh... <laughs> Cron, let's go, man. We got two hours left. You don't get to pick what part of the body you get, all right? So, <laughs> some people get chest, some shout, people get dick. Yeah, you can't shout, pick. Out, <laughs> shout out to all the mothers out there. Happy Mother's Day. Yep. If you're listening to the show, call your mom. All right, back stateside, Clarice goes out for a run in the woods. Uh, we briefly see someone following her, but when Bro, she turns around, she is gone. fucking running. Mm-hmm. She's not jogging. She is. If Tom Cruise is a 10, she is a, like a 7. I was. She got is some that, great cardio. Is that hotness level or? I, yeah. Julian Moore is just undeniably. Hot, right? That bone structure is fucking insane. But I just meant on the intensity of the run. Yeah, she looks good, but I agree with Bone. She's no cruise. <laughs> Cute little dimples he's got, you know? That's but in those jeans. That's not what I said. That's what you said, dude. That's yeah, what you said. That's that. what you, you meant. No. It's not what you said, but it's what you he, meant. Okay. Listen. Okay. We talked about Peak Kidman last week. Pete Peak. Kidman? No, Pete. He's back. Dude, Pete Kidman's back. here? 
Now. <laughs> Pete, what's going on, dude? God damn it, you guys. I didn't want to come back so soon. <laughs> Jesus. I put something in my mouth earlier. It's hard to do. Um, I chewing. I was chewing gum. I was. I was. They didn't consider Nicole for uh, Clarice Starlin? Surely they did. Right? I, I mean, I'm asking did you, you. Did you check the wiki feet? I don't know. You tell me. No. I feel like, uh, Pete, I feel like you're a, you know, incognito uh, mode only kind of guy. <laughs> that's right. I have a Chromebook for a very particular reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, is Keith Urban really that good at the guitar or not really? He's quite good. Really? Yeah. Yeah. All right. But you're he's probably written, not a you're not a he, big fan of him though. I he mean. sends he sends me like little cell phone recordings of his music. Now I'm a fucking beetle. I can't <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> oh, when you look at it, I was—I mean, I was doomed <laughs> to fail at one of these, right? I was doomed to fuck one of these up. Australia now. Australia and Liverpool really aren't that far away from each other, you know. It's all—it's all relative. Well, you know, we we came from that, you know. Mm-hmm. We're we're divine from that. Yeah, our mothers taking- accepted that Liverpool, you know. But, but yeah, Urban, he'll he'll send me like a recording on his like cell phone, and then I'll write lyrics about how I want to fuck my own sister, and then he tweaks it and makes it about like a road or something. <laughs> wow! <laughs> so you guys are like writing well, partners. Do you get royalties for that? It's like a backdoor credit, <laughs> and I'm fine I, with that. I get those on Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. And that, that is one of your incognito searches, right? Back to- <laughs> well, I just put in a B and it autofills. <laughs> right, thanks for you, you name off podcast. any letter of the alphabet and I'll tell you I'll tell you what it autofills. Uh in. Now <laughs> Bye. <Okay. laughs> Alright, thanks, Pete. Anyway, Peak <coughs> Cruise is 1996, right? Mission Impossible. That's the best he's ever looked. Are you going to say Eyes Wide Shut again, Kron? Yes, yes. 99. No, I guess, I, I, I guess I've just never considered like when Cruise looked the hottest to me. Well, you should. We he's should a do a category. Star. I can't. You, you watch it and you go, man, this guy looks fucking amazing. Like, that's. He looks great, and he's a great actor. That's why I'm paying the big bucks to watch him. What right. year was Magnolia? 98? No, 2000. That seems a little soon, yeah. What year was MI2? 2000. Yeah. I'd say maybe around then. You like, got that long you, you hair. like a long hair cruise or a short hair uh, cruise? He's the I one like guy that. I think he looks good either way. And that's... Kind of like the newer look, where it's like a that mid that medium cut. I don't like it as much. Yeah, 
It's not working. <laughs> yeah, give me MI2, MI4 length. Or give me that fucking MI1, baby. How did he grow his hair out so quickly again after Maverick? Well, Maverick was made four years ago. 2019. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the Thetans, baby. <laughs> but yeah, Julianne Moore, she's a great actress and she's very attractive. And she went for a run, but somebody's following her, right? Yeah, you, well, you think so. When she turns around, there's no one there. I'm fucking cutting Pete Kidman, man. <laughs> no, we can't, because if I don't cut him, he's coming back next week, and I don't want to do him next week. Oh, you got one more episode. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work on the Australian. <laughs> the fans deserve my good character work. Mason's spending his time uh, wearing Lecter's mask. He's wondering what it is between Clarice and Lecter. Does he want to kill her, fuck her, or eat her? Cordell's like, I'd guess all three, but I'd hate to say in what order. It's pretty good. Maybe that'll be the new Mary Fuck Kill. <laughs> I was wondering that. Kill, fuck, eat. <clears throat> Just for this category, Karan, for you. Oh, thanks, buddy. I. Yeah, I. I would like to incorporate, I would like to change it to kill, fuck, eat instead of marry. Because I'm already married, so it always feels weird. So. Yeah, and you don't eat ever. Constantly. I just tell my wife, like, you got some competition. Because I'm going to marry Puppet Master 3. (laughs) Fucking shaking in her boots, dude. Grass is always like, greener on Puppet Master. And she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? She can't wait for us to leave. She being our respective women. <laughs> Mason calls up Crindler. He's like, finally. He's kind of like, we got to jumpstart this shit. I'm getting bored. Uh, <laughs> he decides that he's going to send a fake letter to Clarice. Uh, this will get Clarice kicked off of the assignment, which will lure out Lecter, allowing Verger to capture him. And then we pretty much see all this play out in the next couple scenes. Uh, Krindler leaves his house for a bike ride. We see Lecter slip in. Uh, Krindler's got a huge-ass German shepherd, but it instantly backs down, afraid of Lecter. Because it can see that he has no fear. Fucking cool. I thought maybe he just had like a greenie in his pocket that he flipped out to him. <laughs> Greenies aren't good for your dog's crud. Damn. This guy's had a dog two weeks and he's fucking knows about dental health. Who told you that? One month and one day. Where'd you hear that? From Blueies? <laughs> Blueies? Yeah. The fuck is Blueies? He saw an, fucking, he saw an Instagram nip- ad for Blueies. Yeah, yeah, they're nipping at Greenie's heels, dude. They're fucking putting that shit out there. Are you? Are we paid by Greenies? No, no, we're paid by Applebee's. Okay, well, I got scared there for a minute. And you can feed your dog a whole set of baby back ribs, no you problem. Better believe it. Hands down, healthiest thing you can do. 
before four thirty, dogs eat free. <laughs> Lecter goes out on a shopping spree. He's buying some Puppuccinos, new fuck that shit, ribs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your dog gets a whole plate of food down here. Uh, Lecter goes and buys a bunch of cookware and a big clock and shit. We also see him s- slip into a hospital morgue. Uh, he why, shuts- do we, why do we need him shopping? Well, he's got to get all the stuff. <clears throat> the people want to see Lecter, man. Uh, it's He's got to get the medical stuff. Yes. he doesn't. We don't need to see him at the antique store buying fucking teacups and fucking grandfather clocks. Hey, he's a guy that knows how to fucking serve a banquet. Dude. Yeah, dude. <laughs> You can't just throw you can't throw a hunk of a brain on a fucking Dixie plate, Dan. Put some <laughs> yes. fucking effort in, dude. People walk into your house and they see a fucking grandfather clock. They're gonna go, Oh, am I getting eaten or am I fucking living it up? I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. This person obviously cares. Is that what you say when you see a grandfather clock at somebody's house? I'm yeah. living it up. Yeah. Dude, every time I see a grandfather clock, I fucking open it and I just start pulling on all those strings <laughs> and shit, dude. It is fun as hell. You got so that, big, that big swing thing, you fucking just slap that around. So help me God, I come over to your house for fucking chilly night and I see a fucking cuckoo clock? Mm-mm. No, I'm waiting. A- I'm waiting when that motherfucker comes out right hook I'm taking a bowl for the road I'm getting the fuck out of there grandfather clock I'm hanging out eat my ass you put in the effort dude you deserve it alright now we know mm-hmm. you go over to Dan's house he's got fucking soft ass avocados and shit that's how that's when they're ready to eat. Yeah. Dan's got those like you know those paper plate holders, the plastic paper plate holder to make it stronger. Mm-hmm. Made out of wicker and shit. I might I busted pull out, out the, the glass. fine china for you, Dan says. I might pull out the glass plate. The glass plate? Yeah, we just got one. Yeah. For like Christmas goose and stuff. Yeah. We, your dog eats the baby back ribs off that, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. You just we lick it clean and piece. put it right back in the right in the cabinet. We are s- supported by Applebee. We get free Applebee's every fucking night. Dog's mouth is like super clean, dude. Like their saliva <laughs> clean stuff. Mm-hmm. That's why they like don't ever get sick. Fucking make out with my dog all the time. <laughs> All right, uh, let's see. You haven't been flossing. No, but I've been making out with my fucking dog. Oh, okay. okay. I, have a ne- I have a negative amount of germs in my mouth. I'll see, I'll see you in a few years then, because you ain't getting cavities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Called canines for a reason. That's why dentists uh, are famously dog murderers. <laughs> All right, Lecter slips into the morgue. Uh, there's a coroner that's wheeling a body into the deep freeze. Lecter just <laughs> locks him in there. It's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, we see Lecter arrive over at Crindler's vacation home. He starts unloading a truck. Can't over wait to meet this fucking dog, Dan. God damn it. <laughs> I'm going to spoil the shit out of this dog. Just spray a fucking uh, ready whip whole can right into her mouth. Oh, yeah. For the Over listener, it. Dan sent a, a, a picture of his cute puppy. And I got to interrupt Kron to address it. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> Over at Starling's house, she falls asleep listening to lector tapes. Fucking dude does it, dude. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, dude. She's in love with this guy. Comfort doesn't mean in love, dude. <laughs> Comfort from a guy who's eating people? I love to fall asleep to this YouTube channel about this guy that talks about shipwrecks and shit. I'm not in love with him. Strange like, history? I fucking hate the sea. Arr, it's me, Pete Kidman. <laughs> Welcome to the seven seas. In 1917, a cargo ship left Newfoundland en route to Wales. On board a bunch of sailors who were missing their hot sisters. (laughs) Why is no one asking questions? This is why we're on this boat. I can't go back to the mainland. Uh, Lecter sneaks into Clarice's house. He puts a her own photo onto like a magazine page. The next morning, <laughs> she she wakes up and sees it. Her yeah. phone. What? It's just fun, man. That's why. Uh, I, I that's guess. why Manson was moving all the furniture around and shit. It's just fun. <laughs> Manson technically wasn't there, Kron. It's fun, and then you get carried away. He's technically innocent. You know what Manson couldn't fucking move? Goddamn grandfather clock. You think they tried? (laughs) Yeah. Fucking weak-ass hippies. Uh, Let's see. He calls Starling. He's like, your phone battery is low. I would have changed it, but you would have woken up. I'll give you three seconds to swap it out. She does so. Well, so he also mentions to her, like, hey, don't be creeped out. Like, I was there, right? Like, and it didn't turn me on. He says, like, it didn't turn me on. It just excited me or something. And then he mentions a particular part of Clarice's body. Yes, he does. He points There's, out that she has a very particular nice uh, thing at the at the bottom of her body. Does buy her a, a gift think, as well. Yeah. I think there's a better opportunity later in this movie. Oh, okay. That kind of thing. Lecter says, uh, grab your gun if you want. I'm going to give you directions on where to go. He leads her over to too close to Pete Kidman. Yeah. Don't want to put the two pervs too close together in the episode. Yeah, you got to space them out a little bit. <laughs> okay. At least you're over. Producing in real time here, people. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> this this podcast is podcast is made in camera. <laughs> We're going in the wrong direction here. 
Uh, Dan, I think you should start working on your own perv character if you know what's good for you, buddy. Leads Clarice over to a big kind of open museum thing. I don't really know where they are. Looks like a mall slash museum slash carnival. It's a mall. There's like a fucking T-Rex bone display at the beginning of it. That's a high quality mall. (laughs) Once she's inside. They built a mall around it. Oh, they found it? Yeah. Propped it up. They were like, we can't excavate excavate this without ruining it, but mm-hmm. we got to put a mall here. So just. Yeah. This is history. Around boys. Yep. Well, they were like, people are going to come and they're going to want to see this thing and they should be able to eat a fucking Annie Ann's pretzel at the same time. 100%. <laughs> buy, buy the new Kanye's and eat an Auntie Ann's and look mm-hmm. at this. 100%. When you're standing there staring Fossil. at that thing for hours, you're going to go, man, my feet hurt. Maybe I should go over to Champ Sports. Look at some fucking trainers that are sealed in some sort of weird plastic saran wrap. <laughs> All right. Once she's inside, Lecter is kind of taunting her. throwback. <laughs> uh, and he's filling in the kind of plot gaps for her. Sorry, this folks. Is- that's a 360. This is all Mason's plan. She's been uh, followed by Mason's men. She's kind of tracking them, getting closer, getting closer, but he's able to get away. He's left her some Gucci shoes, and then he walks outside. Mason's men tase him and throw him in the back of a van. Does she even take the shoes? Surely she, it's a cut scene. She goes back for him. (laughs) Clarice calls the FBI. They trace the van to Verger. They're like, we will check this out. But if you're wrong, like it's your ass. They go and check it out. No luck. Clarice doesn't believe any of this. She drives out to Mason's place herself. Guys, after... This long on this show, are you starting to think that the only way you can become a great detective is if you get suspended? Yeah. Okay. I I think the big takeaway is just whoever you are, whatever your situation is, take the law into your own hands. Just do it yourself. You're going to be met with red tape and brick walls if you join the police force. Just, what do they say? It's better to apologize later than ask for permission or some shit? Yeah, it's better to ask forgiveness than permission. Okay. All right. And so I'm living my life from now on. More like chewed out. I've been chewed out before. All right, guys, inside. Uh, I, hate Mason- getting, I hate getting yelled at. I hate it. That's why I'm such a good boy. Did did you ever have, has anybody ever been in charge of you? Me? Yeah. Yeah, I've had managers and shit. I've had chiefs. I've gotten yelled at. Makes me feel bad. I don't like it. I don't like letting people down. My superiors, my subordinates. 
Put that erection away, bones. I know. It's fucking terrible. All right, guys. Inside, they've got Lecter tied up. Mason comes over and he's like, guess what? I'm going to feed you to a shitload of pigs, man. That's what's going down. (laughs) Thank God. Finally. (laughs) And he tells him, for hors d'oeuvres, it's your feet. I don't know if I'd eat this. Hey, guys. I know know somebody who fucking had a bib on at home. All right. So uh, you're eating feet now, I guess. Mm hmm. Uh, now. Sorry, I tried to summon you on the sexy feet part, but all right. Mm-hmm. Have you established eating feet before? Oh, wait. <laughs> wait, I, hold on. I think you did summon me for the sexy part. Jesus. You would eat Anthony Hopkins' feet? He's like oh. 60. Oh. <laughs> of some, course I would. Some vigorous feet, though, right? Those are some feet that have been on oh, a path. Those are miles. Academy Award winning feet. Mm-hmm. You got it. And then you'd eat the little feet on his best actor trophy. <laughs> All right. Can we, can I play a game with you, Nate? Sure. Fuck, eat, kill. <sighs> Anthony Hopkins' feet. Gary mm. Oldman's feet. Julianne Moore's feet. Oh, I like this. <sighs> it's toughy. Can I pick all three for all three? No. It's not how this works. Mm-mm. It's tough. I mean, it's what makes the game tough. We do this every week. Imagine how we feel. Would you rather, would you two rather <laughs> fuck, eat, or kill a foot? Uh, you first. Okay, fine. Uh, kill old men, eat kidmen, <laughs> fuck off. Kidmen? Yeah. Oh, Julianne Moore. Do you know Sorry, Pete Kidman? I've been hanging out with Pete Kidman. Okay. <laughs> Jeez. How's this we, guy been under gotta, our radar? We got to separate you two at all costs. It's pretty fun until he starts showing me his songs. <laughs> Hey, they become hits, though. Oh, they're fucking bad. You, you, you got to start somewhere. You're right. Sure. You, you got to throw ideas out, right? Now you answer my question. I'm fucking the feet, because what does that hurt? Mm-hmm. If I fucking. kill the feet, yeah, you get gangrene, right? You could bleed out, right? Assuming it's connected to a body. I'm not eating it. I'm going to fuck it. Assuming I have consent. Moving why on. Is, why is that the first, the one... Out of all things you could eat, why would you eat the feet? Because it rhymes. You never, you never have foot meat, clearly. Feet meat. Uh, I just don't think that would taste right. right. Eat the feet meat. They sell fucking hooves and shit at the grocery. That's <laughs> for dogs, right? I don't know. I think they sell them for human consumption People as eat well. Hooves? Tongue, yeah. People eat hooves. They eat cow intestines. Chomp into that big old hoof. What the fuck is wrong with people? This is how you get Nate hands. Mm hmm. It's hard because your mouth fills up with the glue. 
I thought that was horses. It's, oh, you don't think you could do it with fucking cow hooves? <laughs> <laughs> Nate, how... Have, we just, have you, we just had, had the most fucking old horses laying around. Have you got out of county or jail? I don't even know where you're at anymore. Yeah, I'm out. I'm back on the streets. Okay. Yeah. We went a few weeks without checking in on you. Mm-hmm. I fought my way out. Yeah. <laughs> so like a tournament of inmates? Mm-hmm. Yeah, or- prison, prison tourney. <laughs> okay. And that's the tape. That's what the tape on your nose is is for. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just thought maybe you couldn't breathe. Well, and it helps me sleep. Okay. Hey, I so got you- a, a piss covered humidifier. I'm trying to unload. I don't want that. Okay. I don't know if that was in. I'm a freak, but not. <laughs> it's not fucking car blanche. Hey, is it true you can pee on your own feet and you won't get athlete's foot? Mm-hmm. Okay. As long as they've been stung by a jellyfish. <laughs> I fucking hate all these jock Portuguese man of war that are out here stinging people, giving them mm-hmm. athlete's foot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that like your AIDS athlete's foot? It's. It's more like my COVID. <laughs> okay. So you've been uh, immunized. Uh, no, <laughs> I like I've seen that. something I don't believe in. Oh, okay. <laughs> you just, what do you do? You just make up like a Tanactin shake? Mm-hmm. Just push through? Mm-hmm. You just scrape it off. God damn, what the fuck is this? Um, you wanted me. Yeah, you, I know. I this, wanted you on the sexy you part. Asked for it. I wanted you on the sexy part. You what like? did you think of those uh, the Chanel high heels? They're Gucci. <laughs> Shows how much I know. They were empty vessels. So you rather anything important? Okay, you rather have feet on them? I got them. I've got one thing. I don't know why you guys get so. But it doesn't excite you. Like when I see a bra, I'm like, ooh, that excites me because I know tits go in that. Like, oh, there's you a see big a old 90-year-old lady's bra. Ooh. <laughs> Why you jump into that? I don't know. You said any bra. Hey, man, boobs are boobs. I, I mean, mean, yeah, old fucking ladies. hanging out there on a clothesline. Old line. ladies tend to get hangers, you know? It's like, it's kind of a. It's some experienced boobs right there. Yeah. They, they also get long toenails. <laughs> Fungusy and yellow. And, there you go. Uh, Ladies and up. gentlemen, Nate, Nate hands. hands. Thanks, buddy. Love you. Put your hands together. What do you What do you care? No, it's my new phrase. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. But, I figured you'd want us to like clap our feet together or some weird shit. Do that, too. If you're sitting at your desk at work listening to this, take your shoes and socks off. Clap your feet together. <laughs> at most, you'll only be chewed out by your boss. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Uh, no wonder he's everybody's favorite. It's just, it's just concise comedy, man. It's just fucking... Such an asshole. Yeah. 
simple premise, and the guy just fucking holds. He's got one thing. That's it. <sighs> Guys wheel Lecter into a pig pen. These hogs are going crazy. They're fucking slamming up against a gate and shit, trying to get in there. Uh, Clarice storms in to stop this. She shoots Mason's pigmen and uh, unties Lecter. As she does so, Lecter says there's another guy up in the rafters. Starling gets him, but she also gets wounded in the process. This is twice we've seen Clarice get shot in the stomach. I mean, for being the number one cop, fucking beating a lot of bullets. In this is it movie. the stomach or the shoulder here? Oh, it's the shoulder. It's the shoulder. You're right. Pig storm in. Uh, Lecter just stands still holding Clarice. They don't even notice him. They just go after the other two guys on the ground. Once again, he has no fear. Mason's watching all this go down. He's pretty pissed off. He tells Cordell, jump down into the pen and get the gun and shoot Lecter. Cordell. Cordell. Lecter looks up and he's like, hey, Cordell. You could just push Mason in. <laughs> if anyone ever asks you, you can say I did it. Cordell, the loyal manservant, is like, this is a pretty good fucking deal. Zero hesitation. <laughs> he just uh, pushes that wheelchair straight in, <laughs> fucking flops Mason on the ground. We see a pig come over and like crush this guy's face in. They will go through bone like butter. Hence the term, as greedy as a pig. It's a five-star banger. Not yet. Soon. We cut over to Crindler. He's arrived at his beach house. He sees a sparkler in the kitchen. It's lit. He's like, what the fuck's going on? (laughs) He walks in to investigate. Hannibal catches him with uh, another rag full of ether. Starling wakes up in bed. She's looking pretty good in this scene. Uh, whatever black dress they found for her is working. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She finds a phone upstairs. She calls the cops, but she can hear Lecter downstairs. She walks down there. Uh, Lecter and Crindler are in the kitchen. Crindler's looking a little worse for wear. His eyes are all puffy and shit. He's got a ball cap on at the table. Would have to think Hannibal would frown on that. Now, this is just Leota on a fucking three-day bender, right? That's how he got in character for this? It's pretty good. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Clarice grabs a snow globe. Uh, She walks into the kitchen, or the dining room. Hannibal instantly knows. He's like, did you bring that to bash my brains in? Put it on the table. Clarice sets it down. Crindler is like, hey, that's mine. (laughs) Fucking dipshit. Uh, Crindler is jabbing at at Clarice. Um, Hannibal says, Paul, you're being rude now to our guests. My dad brought me that snow globe when he cheated on my mom in Connecticut. (laughs) 
Well, it's just good because it's like everything in there is Krindlers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Except for the giant clock and the serving trays. Uh, let's see. Hannibal <sighs> takes off Krindler's hat, and we can see that his fucking head is already like pre-cut. He peels back the skin on his head, and then, and I think maybe the most disgusting part of this movie, like, opens the little sack up that protects his brain. That part's gross. It's pretty fucking cool, though. It's cool, but I don't, that little touch is, like, the grossest thing in this yeah. film. The There's a sheen to that early digital, like, behind him. Then mm-hmm. is just you can't you can't not see it, but for the most part, it still looks pretty good. I think it holds up. I think at this point, so like Hannibal is talking about that he's going to cut out a little piece of Krindler's brain, and he's kind of like describing it. But I think in essence, he's like lobotomizing him, right? Like Krindler yeah. is just going to be like a vegetable after this. And the whole time he's got like a burner next to Leota and he's like stirring up some garlic and herbs and stuff. And Leota's just great. like, you got to stir that sauce. Lecter, yeah. keep stirring that sauce. Eventually Hannibal cuts out the little piece of the brain, uh, fries it up like a quick little fry on it, feeds it to Krindler. I think he's like oh, it's pretty good or something yeah. i mean i taste pretty good <laughs> krindler starts drifting off hannibal tells clarice she should go him and paul are gonna clean up clarice leaves but she instantly like goes into the kitchen it looks like hannibal has helped himself to a much larger portion of the brain like it looks like there's a fucking scoop out of the front It's gnarly. Uh, (laughs) Hannibal catches her. He puts her ponytail into the freezer and then breaks the handle off. It's pretty cool. I think this this is maybe the point that, like, is the closest to Dan's love theory. Because Lecter is, like, I think he's kind of surmising, like, would you ever tell me to stop? Like, would you, you know... Would you do that? And she says, not in a thousand years or something. Like, I th- It's like a she- weird little tension-y charged scene. Right. I think it's in response to she would not give him the rise that he would want if he did mm-hmm. that. I don't know. I got to tell you, as a guy with long hair, I can relate to this. Um, God forbid I try to go and work out without a hair tie. Fucking... Pinching my locks while I'm trying to squat, man, is embarrassing as hell. What about pinching that loaf while you're trying to squat? Oh, that's a problem. That just means you're lifting heavy, dude. It's a good day. Shit yourself at the gym. Mm-hmm. People respect that, dude. The real <laughs> lifters, they get it. I told you about those videos of that lady pissing herself while she's deadlifting. Yeah. Um, you think the margins on those are pretty high? Like oh, yeah. People selling those? Oh, yeah. 
the piss freaks out there, dude. So many piss freaks, dude. There's a there's a new some, psycho some... couple at my gym, like some real power lifters, and the the guy moves like a fucking robot. Like it cracks me up. He moves with like such intensity when he like loads up the bar and re racks the weight and shit. And I've just become obsessed with it. Like out of my peripheral, like I have to watch him. And it's like he wants to do it as fast as possible so he can sit down and like rest in between his sets. And I noticed last week he was wearing a Russian circles t-shirt. I was like, all right, maybe this guy's not so bad. Um, and then today I forget what a like weird eclectic death metal band shirt he was wearing, but he was absolutely rocking out. And his wife is like, I think she, I get the vibe from her that she was like heavy. And then she started to lift and lost a lot of weight and developed a lot of muscle. Like that's how she sort of carries herself. But, uh, she has a very particular, uh, whenever she steps back to squat, she like slams her feet like into the ground and kind of like twists her ankle. Like she's locking in every time and I can't help but do it every time I see her. So I just like look at Sam and then I like huff like a bull and like, and do it. And she's like, she's going to fucking see you. I'm like, I don't care. Quit putting on a show for everybody. Just fucking squat. I could beat up a woman. Don't tell me what to do. (laughs) Watch this. I don't know about her husband, man. He seems like, on the spectrum and really fucking strong though. So I'd have to have to pull out some old wrestling skills, I think, but dude's a fucking beast. There was a guy at the gym that I used to go to and he like him and his girlfriend were there. Like if you went to the gym, you would see them. And then eventually he was like, yeah, I'm like nationally ranked for like grip. And that sounds crazy, but then he's like, yeah, it's like a small pool of people. That <laughs> it's like if you find enough of a niche in weightlifting, you can get like, you know, top of the heap. Damn. But he would host like grip contests and they would, he had like all this crazy shit, dude. Like this thing, like these little things that you would grab with like your two fingers and your thumb and try to lift them and stuff. It was so bizarre. But he would also, like, deadlift, like, heavy as shit, too, you know? Yeah. I wonder if it was a thing where he found, like, he couldn't deadlift that much more because of his grip. Because a lot of people, that's, like, the grip is the limiting factor. I think he just became obsessed with it, you know? I think that's how he got into it. Like, he started bodybuilding, and then he was like, damn, what's holding me back is these weak-ass fingers. (laughs) Like... (laughs) Just got hyper focused on it, you know. Yeah, what's holding me back is that I can't hold these things. Yeah, the body is so easy, dude. <laughs> it's so straightforward. You just gotta listen. Mm-hmm. It'll tell you. All right. Uh, let's see. So Lecter, he kind of looks like he's gonna go in to like bite her, but he doesn't. Um, and as he's doing this, she cuffs her, like her wrist to his wrist. And he's like, well, this is pretty interesting now. Uh, I'm pressed for time. Like I can't stay here. He grabs a cleaver and he asks her, do you want it below or above the wrist? What would you guys pick? 
I mean, I think I'd want as much as possible, right? It's really the question of like one big bone versus like every single bone in your hand, right? I'm going above. I think I go below. Yeah, I think, yeah. Because instead of trying to go through radius and ulna, go below and try to keep those intact and just take off. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I know the fucking technical terms for your arm bones. Um, yeah, I'm going below, below the wrist. I think above you get like a cleaner look, but below might hurt less. Yeah. I don't know. Still like rub it a little bit. I would say, let me open up my hand. Just take my thumb. Yeah. Just take my my thumb and then let me pull out. I think the cut would happen like right there. Like you'd still get, you'd lose all your hand essentially. Yeah. So let me try to save it. Make that you cut can, perpendicular yeah. and take the thumb. So I can but pull you're it taking, out. You're taking all the fingers too. You're ta- He's taking the thumb either way. No, I'm, but I'm saying leave. please leave the fingers. Just take the thumb. He's not going to. No, it's Isn't that the Lecter. Tim McGraw song? <laughs> Leave the fingers, take the thumb. Please don't take the thumb. Johnny I would Daddy, love Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> if country when music was like was that, years old. I'd listen to it. Try that in a small town. Those were Pete's original lyrics. <laughs> Hannibal Lecter is taking me killing. This song is just the end of Hannibal. We can't put this out. <laughs> Nazis ate his sister at eight years old. Uh, Hannibal raises up the cleaver. He says this is really going to hurt. Camera cuts away. All these cops show up at Krindler's. Uh, Hannibal's already gone. Clarice walks outside. She raises her hands, both intact. What? Wait, what? Hold up. All that for nothing? Cut over and join Hannibal on a plane. He's got a fancy box of food and his arms in a sling. So, cut his own hand off. For the love... Of his lady. Of the game. A little kid next to him keeps asking, what's that? What's that? Pointing at all of his food. Eventually this kid points to the brain. What's that? Hannibal's like, I don't think you'd like that. But the kid wants to try it. Hannibal obliges him. He says, it's important to try new stuff out. The camera irises in on Hannibal's eye. Roll credits. Guys, that that was Hannibal from 2001, directed by Ridley Scott. Final thoughts on Hannibal, gentlemen. Gentlemen, upon further research, Hannibal was released February 9th. Final thoughts, I guess. We'll We'll get there. We'll get there. February 9th, 2001. 
uh, opening with no competition at all. The only thing opening up that weekend was Saving Silverman. Oh, hilarious. It's not a bad movie. A uh, budget of eighty-seven million, box office of three hundred and fifty-one million dollars. Damn, saving Silverman cleaned up. Yeah, now tell us Hannibal's. The what? Now tell us Hannibal's opening. <laughs> that was. Oh, oh. Uh, open up to mixed reviews. Anthony Hopkins was pretty upset that. Um, the original Clarice was not uh, showing up or the original director, but I think he likes his character. So, you know, uh, a lot of difference from the novel. Uh, they also did give him a truckload of money. <laughs> I mean, I think he got like 15 mil off this one. Yeah. Somewhere around there. Pretty good. Uh, there are some noticeable differences from the book. The book is a little more crazier. Like I said, uh, Mason uh, Varnger, or Vernger, however you say it, Bert he Troyer. did run an <laughs> he did run an orphanage and molest his sister, who is in the book. Her name's Margaret. She is a lesbian bodybuilder, and she wants a sperm sample from her brother. So she can be included in the will because her father took her out because she was a lesbian. Uh, at the very end, she does cat insert a cattle prod up his ass until he produces semen to get that sample. And then she rams one of his moray eels into his throat to kill him. So they have kind of like a reverse Pete Kidman thing going on. A little bit. Uh, Hannah would love to have a sister that showed half that initiative. I would have loved to have seen this on film. Um, Hannibal and Starling did end up together at the end of the book, and they go off to Argentina as lovers. But other than that, um, yeah, I mean... There's all kinds of shit out there about this movie. Obviously, it was a hit. Uh, and check it out. I mean, I will tell you, Mason does show up in the show, and mm -hmm. it is pretty obvious that it's really hard for that actor to not to try to separate himself from Oldman's performance. Okay. Um, and you're if you're looking at like the 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 three actors that have portrayed Hannibal and the deviation between them. This it's almost like they just told this guy, like, just fucking do Oldman. Mm -hmm. Like, don't don't even try to do anything different. And the sister is in the show. Um right some on. interesting dynamics with that, but it's good. I really do recommend the show. It's it like I said, I it cannot be said how fucking wild the show is. And when you watch it, you're like, how the fuck did this keep getting made? I liked what I saw. So, Cron, uh, final thoughts. Uh, it's not near as good as Manhunter or Silence of the Lambs. Any given day of the week, I will tell you, I'm sort of torn between Manhunter and Silence. I'm torn between 
my favorite lector because I really like Madge. You get to live with him the longest. Um, but Lecter or uh, Hopkins is kind of the defining guy, and it is kind of fun to go into this movie and and just ride along with him. Uh, in comparison to the other two, I think the biggest thing is just flow in this one. The editing's kind of weird. You get this weird second act that's like, I almost wish they just, like they didn't cut in the Clarice stuff. And I know they mm-hmm. do that to sort of keep you going, but it would be kind of cool if just the middle chunk of this movie was like a Tarantino. It's just Lecter. Like, let's let's ride with that. That's my big big issue with the movie, but uh I'll I'll go further into my rating following the game. Daniel I guess it's Go ahead, cry. No, you go ahead. No, I said your name. You have to go. Otherwise, I feel like a dick. I mean, I think I've ex- expressed a lot through this. Uh, I en- I enjoy this this whole series. I think it's interesting. I j- I don't like it's like I said before. I don't like the. Hannibal is like a superhero type of feeling we kind of get, but I understand it. Um, I like I said, I just think it's fan service for uh, for the fans of Hannibal Lecter. It had ten years to boil, and and we finally got just whatever we got, and it. It's not bad, but I mean, we'll go into that into ratings, I guess. I'm right, not bad at it. To conclude, rate my letterboxed. Rate my box. I'm going to give Dan a 3.0, Bones 3.5. All right. Um,. Dan, you and I already locked in for Kron, 4.0s. For you, buddy, I'm going 3.0. I think I'm going to echo Kron here and do a 3.5 for Bones. Guys, I am. Oh, Oh, go ahead. ahead. All right. Guys, I would be a 3.5 on Hannibal. Uh... I do think this movie, like the ultimate thing that this thing suffers from is that you're following Silence of the Lambs. Like you're following a movie that basically everybody loved. Um, And it runs into that weird spot of, well, we can't just do Silence again because it'll just be the worst version of that. And, you know, we're going to have to like, change a lot of stuff to accommodate new actress, like new director. Um, so you're kind of trying to like balance keeping the tone right, but not just making a worse version of the previous movie. Um, so I do think if you kind of follow like Manhunter to silence to Hannibal, like Hannibal is taking the biggest swings. It is, overacting overwritten like it suffers from a lot of little things um 
but I do feel like it's enough of a tonal shift and it's still good enough of a movie that it is interesting to me. And I think it's a fun way to kind of wrap up those first three movies. Like I said, I've not continued with the series. I don't know if I will. Um, but this one is like a whole different direction. And I think it's a fun different direction to go into. Um, you do get like a campier kind of Hannibal story, like, and the camp is not like this overly kind of big thing. Um, but it's like all these little touches, like bringing in smelling experts and having Clarice announce that she's been given a reward from Guinness books for shooting the most people. Like there are all these little touches in it where it's like, that's a step too far. That's, but they never go fully into like we're making fun of the material or we're making fun of the uh, audience who's watching it. It's kind of um, like dipping a toe into campy territory, but, you know, just kind of trying to give you like a funner, different perspective. Um, I do think it suffers from like Hannibal kind of turns into a super villain, like at all the roles get amped up. Um, but I don't know if you just set back, Watch it. I think it's an enjoyable ride. 3.5. Gentlemen, I am a 3.0. Very good. Um, This isn't terrible. It's... It's a Hannibal movie, and we get Hannibal. That's that's how it is. Um... I think we could have done more with uh, added a little bit more Clarice to it. I feel like she was kind of pushed to the side. You kind of forget about her a little bit throughout. Um, As I said, I love Silence of the Lambs. I think I'm more interested in Buffalo Bill's story than actual Hannibal Lecter. I think Hannibal Lecter works as a character when he's kind of woven throughout the story, um, not the main focus of the story. I think uh, you could really do some good stuff with, say, a victim. I, I think two of the victims survived, like maybe have a daughter or something that's investigating or and just kind of going through there. I mean, he, of course, he has Buffalo Bill is an inspiration. Hannibal Lecter is an inspiration. So, and even in Manhunter is the same way. But I feel like he's better in smaller amounts, maybe. Maybe that's what I want. Um, but I, this is a pretty good, this is a pretty good popcorn flick. I think, I don't know why it came out in February. It should have been out in the summer, but. I enjoyed it. I mean, there's there's nothing bad about this movie. I mean, if you went in thinking that this was going to top Lambs, then, I mean, that's just a ridiculous thought. But, yeah, it's a three for me. I enjoy it. I mean, if it's on, I'll watch it. I Like I said, I like this series of movies. I would have to rewatch Hannibal Rising. I mean, I think the last time we seen that, me and Bones were watching it in the movie theater. So, yeah, three for me. All right, I'm coming in at a 3.5. Direction. I think sloppy is too negative. I think it feels very loose. It's not near as tight 
as its predecessors. And I think that's accentuated by the weird editing choices. Scott and his slow-mo just doesn't work. Uh, His brother gets it. I don't know. Just like the weird slow-mo whenever she sees Lecter on the video feed and drops her coffee and the lean in it's it's in these weird it's just weirdly timed and placed to touch on some of the choices made if i were to look at this on paper i think it does fit with what we have seen in um the other two movies based on harris's work like it's just it's just weird enough that it it lives on the peripheral and makes this nice border. And Dan, as you were talking, what I was thinking a lot about, I, I really tried not to go into this saying like, what would I have done different if I was Harris or if I was working on the screenplay? But you did get me thinking that, you know, in Manhunter and Silence of the Lambs, Lecter is a supporting character. He is the thing that you really, you, you attach to, but a big appeal to him is the mystery of it. It's hearing the secondhand stories and the way he interacts with Clarice and with um, Will Graham. So I totally agree with you. So it feels very odd when he is then the centerpiece. And I think it's also made odd when you have Clarice come back into that story because we got sort of segmented before. We had Graham, we've got Sterling, and now we continue that. And I think it was a tough thing to not have Jodie Foster come back. It's it's very very jarring. Particular, you know, I. It's like Kilmer replacing Keaton, right? Like you you just make it go like, oh, this is a different universe, and the only characters that maintained are Commissioner Gordon and fucking Alfred. <laughs> so, it it seems odd, and. I enjoy the movie. It's fun, but it definitely lives in the shadow of the other two. So I'm going to give it a a little bump for not being a complete botch. I think Oldman's having a lot of fun. I think 3.5 is fair. So cool. All right, guys. Uh, Hannibal would have an average rating from the three of us of... Where'd this thing go? 3.33. Uh, this would wind up at number 36 on the big list. This would currently be right below Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and right above Stone Cold. A right weird on. meat to that sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Coming in pretty close to the Letterboxd rating, which mm-hmm. is pretty nice. All right. Cron, uh, Dan and I both scored a .5. Congrats, congrats. I'm clapping my feet together for both of you. Oh, I know a guy who likes that. Everybody's tied in then, huh? Well, technically, Bones would have a one, but it's his movie next week, so. Yeah. So, you guys still have an opportunity to jump ahead? Ooh. All right, guys. That was Hannibal. Uh, Thank you, Dan. Get us out of this episode. As always, folks, rate and review the show if you're on Spotify and 
Apple. Um, you can catch us on Letterboxd, Instagram. But if you really want to fuck with us, join that Discord. There is a link on every new episode that's dropped each week on Wednesdays. Um, how are we on Twitter? Are we not? Are we? It's kind of there. I'm it's there. there. I pop in right. every once in a while. It's film Twitter is this weird echo it's chamber, a, and then especially with just like film pod Twitter, you know. So I try not to. It's it's there. I'll pop in. All right. Well, you can check us out there if that's your main thing. If you but, don't. Uh, uh, Dan, in reference to the Discord, if you have problems getting into the Discord, you can hit one of us up on Instagram or Twitter, and we'll, yeah, we'll, send you we'll set link. you up. We've had a few people reach out and say, how the hell do I work this thing? Because, you know, Discord's pretty specific. And also, don't get fucking intimidated when you get in there. Once you, you get sort of a feel for it. Let's go with the flow. Yeah. It's all friendly. But yeah, um, that's about it. I mean, yeah. Anything else? Mm-hmm. Nothing special coming up yet. Um, and I think Bones is ready to give us his pick for Cat and Mouse here on the After Shower Show coming up. We're locked. But uh, other than that... uh. I ate these two guys' livers with some farva beans. Hmm. It's kind of tough. Trying to find a crash and burn is tough. Just so want to say crash and burn. I'm going to go with uh, Amber Grease Base, Tennessee Lavender. And something else. Linen. I'll give you a list. It'll be short. Welcome back. This is Five Day Rentals, and this is the After Shower Show. Uh, this is, you know, we just got out. Cron, your fucking Tennessee lavender body wash. Mm-hmm. As we you know, like I'm having I'm having problems staying awake. Mm-hmm. Damn, I damn near fell asleep standing up in my dolly, trying to <laughs> scrub sh- my nethers. You shouldn't bathe in that, dude. That's dangerous. <laughs> yeah, Dan's definitely gonna have to uh, WD forty these wheels. If that wheel skids out and you land face down, you're going to drown in like an inch of water. Oh, man. Oh. You know, but if you know five-day rentals, you know, I would fucking love to go in a shower. <laughs> right in the middle of a high school girl fight? Yes, please. Of age, high school girl. That came out creepy. <laughs> you should have made him college God age. damn it. I thought Pete left. Nobody. Everybody knows what I mean. Yet. All right, um, they fellas. Could have been like hot coeds, but yeah, I was just <laughs> thinking I had Savage Streets and Slumber Party Massacre on the brain. I mean, who doesn't? All right, cat and mouse. Time to put a bow on this bad boy. 
uh, if you listened last week, you'll know the bombshell that Hannibal was the movie I was going to pick. And Kron took it from me. But I'm grateful, buddy. It's like two picks. So I, I appreciate it. Um, didn't, didn't have to do plot. That's true. And when I made that decision, it was largely based on the fact that Hannibal was available on Max at the time. The other movie, I was like, eh, we're going to have to rent it. Wouldn't you know it, this week, this movie just popped up on Max. It's a fucking gift from the movie gods. And you know who talks about the movie gods a lot? Is fucking William Friedkin. And in 2003, he made a little movie with Tommy Lee Jones and Benicio Del Toro called The Hunted. Fellas, next week on Five Day Rentals, that's what we're getting into. This baby cruises. It's 94 minutes. Available on Max. If you haven't seen it, check it out. One of the last gasps of William Friedkin before he said fuck all this and went and started doing operas. Cron, you're a fellow freak, Ken. Mm-hmm. Have you seen The Hunted before? No, it's been on a list of stuff I've wanted to watch just based solely on Friedkin, um, but I've never seen this one. So good to check it off, you know? Right on. Danimal. Uh, I think I watched this last year. Okay. But I might have to take a rating down, I think. I have not looked, so doesn't matter anyway. Yeah. That's Does true. not matter. Not Maybe anymore, head, baby. It's me. And I will say this. Uh, please bear with us, listeners, as we work out the kinks of our when to rate, when to talk, when to, as we, you know, we had a hundred and some odd episodes. It's tough. the same thing. We got to yeah. grow. We got to change. But I don't think we extend this any longer. Some of us got to get some sleep, especially for next week, because it's going to get wet. Uh, I think this is it takes place in Portland or some shit. Or a shot in Portland, but it's like Canada. But it's fucking... It's fun. It's a fun movie, dude. Some wild Ooh. shit. Looking forward to it. Hell yeah. Is this one of your last ones, Karan? For freaking? Yeah. No, there's a lot of freaking I've not seen. He's got like some tree horror thing that... I've never watched. Have you seen the Brinks job? Never seen the Brinks job. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of like, I've never seen that like doc that he started with. So, uh, the people versus Paul Crump or whatever. Yeah. Um, I just never got seen the- blue chips. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we definitely got to bring blue chips to the show. I'm pretty sure we know a guy who could who could pop in, teach you guys a thing or two about podcasting and art and popcorn. All right. Next week, Five Day Rentals, The Hunted. We'll be finishing up Cat and Mouse. And then uh, I think Cronier after that, but that's after Thunder in Paradise. Don't forget, listener, there's still Thunder in Paradise to be covered. So for, uh, for Laundry Dan. 
I've Cron Howard. I've been Bones. This has been Five Day Rentals. And we'll uh, and um and burp and open beer cans at you next week. Crash and burn. Crash and burn. Fuck it. We'll say it. Crash and burn.